You're listening to the Flow Roll Podcast. What up, what up? So in this week's episode, I had the honor and privilege of speaking with a good friend of mine. He's a former Marine. He is also co-owner of Fifth Element Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu out in Winchester, Kentucky. And apparently, currently, he's also a wrestling coach. He's a man with a million jobs. His name is Rick Bentoncourt. And I got an opportunity to pick his brain on the subject of Jiu-Jitsu. Some of the things we spoke on were girls wrestling. Does a takedown actually equate to you winning? How to set up takedowns. How everyone in his gym has an opportunity to give input. Putting down your sledgehammer. And the difference between training ladies versus men. He gave a lot of insightful input. I really appreciate his time. And I hope you get a lot out of this particular episode. Now before we go on with the show, I want to mention a couple things. Make sure you check out our website, theflowerpodcast.com. You'll find plenty of information there about us. But if you're interested in certain topics that we deal with the show, some of which are combat sports, you can find playlists having to do with just that subject matter on our website. So make sure you check out our website. Also, give our sponsors a look. Titan Fitness is one of those brands that I believe in. It's something that I like mentioning. Titan Fitness provides awesome fitness equipment for an affordable price. And make sure you check them out. And should you decide to go over there, I have a referral link in the description. So please click on that so they know that I sent you. I am Ergo Traves, and you're listening to the Floral Podcast. So welcome to another episode of the Floral Podcast. I am Ergo Traves, and today on the show, I have Jiu-Jitsu Black Belt. Congratulations on that Black Belt. I haven't given a chance to congratulate you, but uh, I have... Thanks, uh, sir. <laughs> I have Jiu-Jitsu Black Belt, Rick Bentoncourt, owner or co-owner of uh, Fifth Element Jiu-Jitsu out in Winchester. All right, <laughs> so uh, dude, man. Dude, I, I've seen the pictures of your studio, man. It looks awesome. You, you got a nice little studio, and you seem to have a, a pretty good group of uh, followers there, too, man. Like, how's that going there? Yeah, we're growing. The design element for the studio came from I wanted to have a gym that was uh, plain and, and reminiscent of old Japan, right? Mm. Very plain, very uh, zen, if you will. I wanted to convey uh, Pedro's mentality on jiu-jitsu, mm. right? Which was very old school samurai behavior, samurai, you know, mentality, clean, elegant, peaceful, right? Mm. So Pedro was our, our sensei who's since passed away, but he was uh, one of the uh, influential figures in my jiu-jitsu career. Pedro, Daniel, uh, they were very influential in my in my development and, and what I wanted to do and within the jiu-jitsu community. Yeah. So coming up the ranks. Th that's how we know for our listeners. That's how we know each other. Uh, Rick and I, we started at the same gym at the Viana Brothers out in Chicago in Logan Square. It was crazy because you, you showed up and I was a blue belt and you went from white to black like that, dude. That was impressive. I was so jealous of you when you got your brown belt before me, man. I was just like, damn, this guy, this guy's kicking my ass with this. Not that, you know, I'm comparing myself, but you know, yeah, you, you know, you can't help but see, because I mean, it's, you're not the only one. There's plenty of people who've just passed me right on pie. There was a little jealousy, I'll admit, but uh, more so because I want to be there. You know, not so much that you, I didn't want you to get it. It's because I wanted it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I feel like yeah. the time frame that I'm, I'm taking to get to black 
uh, is unnecessarily <laughs> long for me, you know, and it's, it's all my own doing. I, I don't blame anybody else other than myself and the circumstances of my life. But, um, but like one of the things you and I were talking about before the show was, uh, you've been concentrating a lot on wrestling, right? And that's because of your daughter, who's currently a wrestler in Chicago, in Chicago, on the wrestling team in, in Kentucky. Yes, sir. Yeah. Um, so she started wrestling last year was her, her first year. Uh, as a sophomore, she started wrestling for her high school. I've always been very involved in her training, jujitsu, uh, weightlifting, and all that stuff. I will, I've always been very involved. Uh, when she started swimming, I was there. I was always there for her. When she was doing gymnastics, I was there. And, you know, she told me, she said, I want to wrestle. <laughs> of course, I was doing backflips inside because I was like, right, cool. But <laughs> I played it cool. I was like, okay, you know, have some fun with it. And, um, I went to a lot of her practices and at the t- last year they, they didn't have a whole lot of help developing the team. Mm. So I started getting involved quite a bit, you know, helping the girls out. It was the girls first year, uh, girls, uh, team first year. They only had, <clears throat> I think three girls. So I started getting really involved uh, versus the boys. It was like 30 boys to three girls. So, okay. I started getting really involved. And, um, so last year she came in fifth. Uh, uh, state championship. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was a good year. It was a good first year. This year is the first year that women's wrestling is sanctioned in the state of Kentucky. So that brings the stakes up, right? It makes it so that colleges and universities start to look at Kentucky, you know, more money gets thrown into the programs, et cetera, et cetera. We found ourselves without a coach Halfway through the season, the wrestling season is extremely short. Yeah. Only maybe two and a half months from start to finish. But it's, uh, as you know, high intensity, right? It's every day, two to three hours a day, mm-hmm. grind. Saturday, wrestle for 14 or 16 hours at the tournaments. Rest Sunday and get right back to it on Monday. I mean, it's no wonder. If you're a jiu-jitsu practitioner and you're wondering how these guys that are transitioning from wrestling to jujitsu, how are they so dominant and so good? Go join a few wrestling classes and you will very quickly understand uh, why wrestlers are dominating the jujitsu scene Mm. or why world champion jujitsu fighters such as Mika Galvao is training wrestling so much. Right. Yeah. So halfway through the season, we found ourselves without a coach and uh, you know, the school kind of scrambled really, really quickly to get some people in place. And I just kind of fell right into the position to start coaching the, uh, the girls. Of course. I mean, one thing, one thing Daniel used to tell me, dude, he used to say, you want, you want something done? Give it to somebody who's already too busy to get, <laughs> to, to get it done. Cause they'll get it done. <laughs> I, yeah. I, and I, I never and understood so, that. And I'm like, that makes sense. Yes. Cause like, I'll, I'll do the same thing. I'll give, if I want something done, I know that that person works hard. And he already does it, the thing that I need him to do. I'm just going to give it to him. I'm just going to pile it on yeah. top. So, so I'll, I'll tell you the story on that because it's, it's, it's hilarious. So there's only one coach who has all the credentials to be able to take everyone to the tournaments. Oh. Right? And by credentials, I mean like schooling and certificates and all this other stuff. Right? And, and you have to be hired by the board of education. And you actually have to become an employee of the high school. Wow. So there's the head coach who just stepped in midway through the season. He's got all the credentials. He already has two assistant coaches who I guess did not have them. So him and I are in constant communication because I've been involved with the girls since last year. Not officially though, but I've, I went to every single tournament for the girls last year. I coached them, you know, uh, 
even though I didn't have the credentials at the time, but it wasn't a sanctioned sport at the time. So it was a, a lot more loose. So this year he, you know, him and I are talking and he goes, listen, Rick, um, you know, as of 2024, they're really going to crack down on these credentials. And, and, you know, at the time I'm just like, look, I'm too busy. I don't have the time. I'll still be there. But if, if, if the changes mean I can't be in their corner, then that's, that's that, I guess, you know, yeah. I'll coach them when they step off the mat or whatever. So for three weeks, for three weeks during this transitional period between the old head coach and the one that just took over, the girls are being railroaded, you know? So we're getting messages. Hey, you know, uh, we got to take the boys here. And because we don't have another coach with the credentials, girls are not going to compete. You know, so it was girls are not going to compete. Girls are not going to compete. Girls are not going to compete, which I had my own feelings about that. Right. Like mm, I would be pissed off, man. If you have a daughter, you'd be pissed off. Right. Yeah. But also there was advocate on the other side of things. If you cancel the boys who have about 20 kids strong, if you cancel 20 boys to go coach three girls, I can see how 20 parents would also be pissed off. Like, yeah, you know, so you want 20 pissed off parents or do you want three? Right. I hear you. So I got on the line with, with the head coach and I said, listen, dude, I understand you're new and, but I'm just going to show up at the tournament and I'm going to coach. (laughs) Yeah. Until the minute they kick me out. But I mean, again, it's a two and a half month season and three weeks in a row, the girls haven't been able to compete. Like we need to get them ready for state championship and benching them. is not, necessarily doing anything good for them so he goes i'll tell you what why don't you let me talk to the athletic director see if it can pencil you in in the system I said fine let's do yeah. that let's pencil me in yeah but you're already like and fuck dude, this i don't give about- a shit about what you're gonna do i'm gonna show up anyway <laughs> so, but talk about getting honey dicked right <laughs> so he goes Hey, uh, I, thought, I talked to the athletic director. Do me a favor. Why don't you just hop on online on this link that I'm sending you and just kind of fill out some, some very, you know, basic information. Like, sure. Dude, fucking three hours later, I'm still filling out for it. <laughs> and, and it was one of those things where I hop on and I'm like, dude, dude, I'm just going to fill out this basic information. And then like, you know, 40 minutes later, I'm like, I think I'm filling out a job application. You know, like, <laughs> and then an hour into it, I'm like, I, I'm too committed. Like, I'm just going to fucking go. Fuck it. You know, like yeah. I'm already an hour into this. So, <laughs> uh, which is not the right mentality to have in life. I, I have learned. Right. So, yeah, I completed it. And. And then he, I said, all right, man, that's done. And, you know, it's one, it's one of those things where like, you, you got to pay this fee to submit the application and then you got to pay this fee for a background check. And then he's like, all right, cool. You know? And, and then two days later he goes, Hey man, uh, I need you to take on this thing. You know, Oh, you got to present yourself at this office somewhere and get fingerprinted for an FBI background check. And I'm like, Jesus, you know, and pay another fee and pay another fee and get your picture taken and pay another fee. And I'm just like, so finally, I, I'm like, yeah, I guess I'm applying for a job at the high school, you know? So, yeah. but anyway, I, I ended up, <laughs> I kind of, I kind of put everything on a fast track and, and on a Sunday, which was supposed to, it's supposed to be my only day off in the week. I just sat and I took all the online courses to become a certified coach and all this other stuff as a, as a wrestler, uh, wrestling coach. Yeah. And got all my credentials done. And I, so I guess I'm officially a, a wrestling coach. Dude, that's fucking awesome. You got a job yeah. you didn't even know you wanted. Yeah. You were just like, <laughs> he's just kind of like, yeah. So he just kind of strung you along. And then next thing you know, you have a job. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, and so that's kind of awesome, dude. Like, it's like, it's like, I'm just going to make him an employee. He's going to like, it. he'll be fine. I'm just going to make him an employee. He'll be, 
You just <laughs> make them fill out all these forms, and then you know, yeah. Oh, by the way, you, you, here's your check. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so the the funny thing is. It had been offered to me last year. I just didn't want it. One, because I'm extremely busy, but two, because I understand the politics mm. in, in the, within the school system. Uh, and I never wanted to be, I never wanted to have to play that game. So like when, whenever I was coaching the boys at practice and the girls and whatever, like I'm a F bomb dropping son of a bitch, man, at practice. I, I, I treat you the way that I think an athlete should be treated. Dude. You know, I'm not going to treat you like garbage, but I think there's uh, there has to be a little bit of mental toughness that has to be instilled in you. Mm. And I think yeah, a lot of it starts with, can you handle my overly honest and brutal criticism? Like, like my wrestling coach, my wrestling coach, he was he was a priest, but he was also a sailor. He, he was a Navy chaplain before he became a wrestling coach, but he was always a wrestler. And so by the yeah. time he came to us as a coach in, in the, on the wrestling team, that guy, he called us all kinds of crap, man. Yeah. He called us all kinds yeah. of crap, dude. He, he, uh, our mom was a number one target. He's everything, dude. Every, he let us have it. But he also like, he also was like a super caring man, dude. Like if we got hurt or something, he'd like shit would stop. He make sure you're okay. He take care of you. I mean, he was a good coach. He was, he was, he was rough on us, but a lot of that was like tongue in cheek. A lot of that was like, oh, you wimps or whatever, you pansies. Yeah, what? shit talking. Shit talking the whole time. But it was just kind of like the fun and nobody took offense to it. And it was, it was awesome, dude. So like what you're doing, not fuck yeah. Do not, that shit, dude. Not the world we live in anymore. Not the world we live in anymore. No. But day one, I pulled everybody in and I was like, listen, um, I know you guys already heard that because, you know, they did the whole on, on the Facebook group. Welcome, you mm -hmm. know. And, and I said, look, if, if, if you guys think that I'm going to change the way I'm talking to you just because I'm now staff, I said, I don't give a fuck about this job. <laughs> I said, I don't give a shit about this job. Yeah. I, I, I'm here for your development. Mm -hmm. And if me calling you a fat ass, or a fucking pussy is going to yeah. hurt your feelings. I, I suggest you grow a pair real quick. Yeah. Um, dude. So, and you know, everybody laughed it off and everything. And dude, dude. I don't know how many times my coach called me a fat ass for missing weights. You know, like he, yeah. he was like, this, is, this guy can't make one sixty cause he's a fucking fat ass. You know, like, yeah. And uh, you know, everybody would laugh. I laugh. You know, I thought yeah. it was funny, you know, cause you know, it's just like, dude, yes, do that. Do it. Do it because I think that's have awesome. Toughness, man. You cannot have mental toughness. I'm sorry. You cannot have physical toughness without men mental toughness. Yeah, one hundred percent. It's just a fact. It's a yeah. fact. And a lot of these parents uh, are just not preparing their kids for that reality in life. Hmm. The fact that when you get out there, nobody gives a shit. So, like, I wonder how many kids go home and be like, well, I got to do this because Coach Rick said this. Like, I, I'm sorry, mom, but I can't eat. I can't eat that right now because I got to make weight. Coach Rick is going to get mad at me, you know, or Coach Rick. So, you know, I bet they're, they're just killing their parents ears with Coach Rick, Coach Menticore. So I'm more involved with the girls than I am with the boys. Mm. But the girl, it, it's, it's a lot easier to keep, you know, four girls in check. Right. So so I just got a. Uh, a text message, an email from the school and from the head coach saying one of our girls that won regionals at 120 pounds might not be able to compete because she has not great grades. 
Oh, you know, so I was able to get on the phone right away with her mom and with her. And, you know, I was like, Hey, get your head out of your ass. You know, if you cannot compete a state championship because of your grades, that's your fault. Nobody else's. Yeah. You know, so we were able to fix it. But the girls, a couple of weeks ago, I said, I said, look, you guys come in to the tournament on Saturday, you do your weigh in and then you go stuff your face with fucking bacon, eggs, croissants from McDonald's. Like mm. that's not the fucking meal of an athlete, you know? And, yeah. and I told him, I said, don't fucking weigh yourself down. Don't make yourself fat right before your tournament. I said, earn that fucking sandwich. So I don't want to feed, I don't want to see barbecue sandwich. I don't want to see, I don't want to see any of that shit. I don't want to see cheeseburgers. I want to see healthy meals at the tournament. And if you don't fucking win, you don't earn that fucking cheeseburger. Mm. And for the most part, they're, you know, they're like, all right, cool. Like I got to earn it. And, and I've heard them here and there be like, no, I got to earn that meal. Dude. Yes. So far it's been a, an awesome experience. And I, and, and the head coach, man, I mean, he's, he's wonderful. He's wonderful with the athletes and has been extremely welcoming to me for somebody that doesn't have a background in wrestling. He's been very accepting and, and respectful of my opinions and my advice. And it's been super cool. So I've just, I've just been ODing on wrestling, man. Just I'm a quick learn. So that's been very helpful, mm-hmm. but I'm also, I'm also doing the wrestling practices with the boys, which has been super fun and rejuvenating, but also like, holy shit, I'm getting old. <laughs> you know. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Those kids, But I'm sure it's going to be very helpful yeah. to my I, jujitsu as well. Dude. Think about, think about how awesome you were at 16, dude. You know, you're indestructible, so strong, so quick, endurance forever. Like, that's what you're dealing yeah. with now, man. It's like, uh, you're in great shape. But like myself, there's a kid at, at the at the gym. He's like 25, 23, uh, 130 pounds. He out wrestles the shit out of me, bro. <laughs> he, yeah. He's just, yeah, he's it's, just, it's, he's just a beast. He's just fast. Hell yeah. Different animals. Yep. Nah. And so, they have a no quit mentality, dude. They're, they mm-hmm. don't have that laid back jujitsu. Oh, you know, let's just play guard. Or they're just like, nope, I must be on top the entire time. It's yeah. cool. It's cool. Dude, Very refreshing. I lo- uh, so I got to ask you then. So now that you have this new, fresh perspective on wrestling in the takedown game, what do you think of Mikey Musumeci's, uh comments about butt scooting? What comments? He said that he doesn't care for. And I'm I'm paraphrasing here. And so if I misrepresent uh, Internet, please do not come after me. But uh, this is uh, because of that upcoming fight, right? The fight that they're negotiating or something like that. I, I can't remember. I don't know the inspiration for the comments, but it, I he, remember vaguely. He he like maybe about two weeks ago or three weeks ago, he made a comment about like he's tired of people uh, knocking on people who are just butt scooting or not shooting or not going for takedowns that uh, that is a waste of time in jujitsu because the, the, the goal is to submit not so much to throw the person or get a fancy takedown that it was, it was more about um, that, that it's about jujitsu and taking the person to the ground and, and getting the submission. I believe his thoughts were it's a waste of time to go for takedowns in general or any kind of throw or anything like that. What is your opinion? Do you do you think that's true specifically for jujitsu and jujitsu sport? Uh, my opinion is different only because I I also see it from like a, a aggression and top playing game and self-defense even because then you can transfer that kind of aggression to self-defense. What is your perspective? So first of Mikey is a freak, period. He's just a freak, right? Mm-hmm. 
but Scootin works for him because he can also scratch his ears with his toes. <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, but Scootin works because you your guard is endless, right? Mm. Any anyone that can scratch their ears with their toes, you're gonna have a hard time passing their guard. Mm. Simple as that. In regards to the opinion, in the scope of Brazilian jiu-jitsu competition mentality only. I would agree with him, right? Because getting a takedown doesn't get you a win. Getting a takedown only signifies the beginning of the match. Mm -hmm. There's this kid on YouTube. So, I, I don't remember the name, uh, but I do enjoy watching him. He is super analytical. Uh, something, something less impressed. Have you have you seen or heard of this kid? No, or I don't. Something less impressed, or he does jujitsu breakdowns, and he he has this website now. And I think it's only like nine dollars a month, and you have unlimited access. But like, he has scientifically broken down matches, positions, entry. I mean, everything, takedown, mm. everything, back takes, sweeps, you know, guard passing, everything. And he has built this uh, library online where you can. In the search bar, input something like Ashi entry from you know knee shield position or whatever, and like it'll it'll populate all the available videos that he has dissected. It'll populate them for you so you can watch them, and it'll tell you like if you go on this video, if you go to minute seven forty nine, it'll show exactly the position you're looking for. Extremely intelligent guy. I, I I'm gonna try to find his his thing here, but. Another thing that he does is he breaks down success percentages. He looks at a position and he says, if somebody gets a takedown, what is the likeliness that they end up winning the match? Hmm. And in this study that he did, he finds that getting the takedown actually does not equate to winning the match. So oh, interesting. Yeah. What equates to winning the match is, is what you do after the takedown. And it turns out that countering the takedown is more successful at winning matches. Wow. And it's super cool because he breaks it down into like, so if you spend months trying to perfect the takedown, understand that that time that you spent, had you spent it maybe doing like a Gordon Ryan shoulder crunch from butterfly guard, like when you get taken down, that's going to lead to more wins than you get in the takedown. He takes this approach to everything. So with all of that said, to circle back, I would agree for the sport of jujitsu alone, takedown is not it's not super necessary mm. from a martial arts or fighting arts. Cause I know that wrestling doesn't fall under martial arts, but fighting styles or fighting arts for me as an athlete, if you know, if you will, for me, it's important to be well-rounded. Like you just said, you know, mm. being able to play top game, being able to play bottom game, being able to, play takedown game, being able to strike, being able to defend yourself from all these positions. To me, that's important, but I guess I'm looking at it more as an athlete than a jujitsu competitor. Yeah. I, I'm not a fan of the boot, butt scooting. I, I just, it doesn't yeah. feel, it doesn't feel like, I, I don't understand why it gets a bad rap, but I'll tell you, I don't like it. It seems kind of, passive i guess i don't know what it is it's yeah. something it's it's unsavory it, i don't like it uh i'd rather i'd rather do something that shows that i'm at least trying to commit to something 
I'm not knocking butt scooting or pulling guard in general because there is an appropriate way of pulling guard. If you pull guard, like you're saying, aggressively with the intention of countering, essentially is what you're doing. You're 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 pulling guard because I mean that's I'm assuming that's how Mickey, Mikey Musumeci pulls guard is he doesn't pull guard and then just lets the guy sit on him. He's pulling guard and then immediately doing something to yeah, try to straight to work. Yeah. <clears throat> So like there's yeah. a there's a way to do it where it's effective. It just seems like going for a takedown or going for some kind of throw in general is just more aggressive, more action. And it kind of falls in the pillar of, of the five things. Remember those five things Pedro used to teach us is like, what are the five core values? And it was like, you must have fitness. Uh, oh, Jesus. The will to I win. To on the dry erase board. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so fitness, the will to win. Honestly, I don't, I do not, I do not remember. Yeah. I, I remember, remember him having him up on the board. I remember him having up on the board too. I have it written down someplace. I can't believe, I feel ashamed yeah. that I can't remember right now. <laughs> I just, re- I just remember will to win. I'm like, will to win. And then that one, I don't know yeah. why that one stuck to me, but the will to win <laughs> always, always stuck. All the other ones were like, yeah, of course. You know? <laughs> But the will to yeah, win, and, and that's gonna carry you. That's gonna carry you through, right? Like I talk to my guys all the time about, like, look, when 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 you are competing at higher levels, right? But like by the time by the time you reach purple belt, even some blue belts, but I, I think I can safely say by the time you reach purple belt, you've just about seen it all. Would you agree with that? Yeah. I would agree with that. Yeah, for sure. Like, 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 it's not often that you see a purple or a brown belt. I say, like, oh shit, I, I never saw that or I never learned that. Like, mm-hmm. by the time you get to purple, I, I, again, I feel pretty safe saying you've just about seen it all. Um, so what, what, what separates you <clears throat> from the next guy? Right, mm. the will to win at black belt, for example. Right, look at any of the top level guys right now dominating the, the jujitsu scene black belt i'm sure they're not being hit with oh shit what was that you know like it's just like no that one he maybe he had more drill time on that position so that's number one but i think the one of the major thing that separates number one from number two is who had the will to win Mm. you know who had the the grit to say i i am not gonna settle for this situation i'm not gonna settle for this position i must come out on top of this yeah and, you know, same thing that uh, we were talking earlier in wrestling, like these, these kids, if they don't have that mental toughness, the physical toughness won't come with it mm. or without it. Before we forget, uh, the kid I'm talking about, the, his YouTube channel is less impressed, more involved. He has 60,000 subscribers. Fucking guy. The kid is good. That's- his breakdowns are good, man. The way that I think about him is he takes John Danaher and breaks it down into bite-sized pieces pieces that you and I can both digest. Oh, that's wonderful. You know, watching John Danaher, as, as knowledgeable as John Danaher is, and like, he's done incredible things for the sport of jiu-jitsu, but like, I watch him and I'm like, yep, I'm ready for a nap. <laughs> you know, like, Dude, that guy, that guy is like fucking sitting in history class, bro. I just, I hated history class. Yeah. And it's like, dude, yeah. how can you take something, how can you take the jelly out of my donut, man? Like this, I, like, I, I fucking love jujitsu, man. And you just turned it into algebra class. Yeah. It's just like, yeah. Well, this, this kid, again, that, that level of, of mental into it, that level of nerdiness, 
Mm-hmm. He brings in that level of nerdiness, but he breaks it down into a very, very understandable, engaging, fun way to look at jujitsu. And his breakdowns are just phenomenal, dude. Have a look. Have a look when you get a chance. Oh, I absolutely will. I'll put that in the description, too, for our listeners. So then, like, uh, you personally, in terms of, like, the wrestling, what have you uh, What have you picked up? Like, you got a good single now? You got a good double? Has, it, has this benefited your particular game in any way? Yes. Hmm. Yes. It's, I've always been pretty comfortable on my feet. I've, I've always been pretty comfortable with my ability to shut something down and, and my scramble ability, but never have really been really confident. I, I've been, I've, I'm confident in my gi takedown game because I did a, a significant amount of judo with, with Pedro. Hmm. Um, but, uh, in no gi, not as confident. Uh, the biggest thing that I have learned has been to accept. I I think one of the things in jujitsu and you can give me your two cents on this, but I think in jujitsu, we fail to instill in our partners, training partners or students, the push, keep pushing. Right. So one thing that I've learned and and it's been, and, and it might sound a little like really it, it, it took you this to learn that but you know sometimes a, anytime i did a takedown in no gi i got sprawled on and i was just like hey, i'm just gonna pull guard <laughs> you know, like i'm already down here let me just pull guard and let me mm-hmm. get to playing my game and now now i'm being a little bit more greedy about it now i'm going in knowing they're gonna sprawl on me and i need to make something of it so one of the really cool things that i had been learning and getting comfortable with is having somebody on top of me, putting all their weight on me and being able to build up and take and, and go from takedown A to takedown B without, you know, hesitation. Again, in, in, in years past, I, <clears throat> I just settled for, okay, they, if, if I didn't get the best of them, I'm just going to pull guard. Now mm-hmm. I'm just like, no, I got to finish this takedown. Mm-hmm. I got to finish this takedown. That's, that's awesome, dude. Uh, that's, I actually mentioned that to John in another podcast. It's like, how do you improve your, your chain wrestling. Yeah. And what he came up with was that it, it's about the entry. It's about the setup. It's just like, if you can get that setup you know, done right, then the rest of it you know, comes through. It's just like, it's not about if you're, if you're hitting takedown after takedown after takedown. He said that if I remember correctly, what he said was, it's not that you're chaining, you know, two, three, four, five takedowns together. It's that you got that setup correct. You got that setup right. And you're able to get them down the first time, you know, I haven't figured it out yet. I mean, I understand the words. It makes sense to me. I haven't been able to (laughs) make that work on the mat yet. So I've been trying to like get a good setup and take, take them down, but I still end up having to go into another thing and another thing and another thing. I'll say, man, it's, uh, I'm, I'm not saying he's wrong. I just haven't figured it out yet in terms of like what he's saying. So yeah, just, just like in judo, yeah, the, the entry and the setup are crucial, right? Mm-hmm. You cannot finish it without a, a good setup and a good entry. What I tell my guys is say, hey, just just sell it really good. Sell a really good fake. Mm. You know, and it, it, even even in jujitsu, like I, I tell to I talk to my guys and I say, look, um, as you start to get a little bit wiser on the mats, you start to recognize that your opponent is smart. And you start to accept the fact that he's going to have an answer for your first attack, 
right? And and I often also equate it to equate it to to boxing, right? For the newer people that don't understand jujitsu or wrestling, I always say, okay, everybody understands punches more or less, right? You you don't have yeah. to be a pro, but you understand what a jab looks like. But if I only throw jabs, it very quickly becomes readable. You can say, okay, he's going to throw a jab, and then we have a two punch combination, a jab and a cross. Mm-hmm. Why did the cross come into existence? Perhaps because the jab became telegraphing, right? So you're disguising your cross with the jab. You're saying, I'm throwing this jab, but I know it's not going to connect because you're a smart fighter. Mm-hmm. You're going to have the right reaction, right? But now we have a jab and a cross. So I quickly throw that cross hiding behind the jab. And the more I can do that, the better the chances of success in the consequent moves. All right. So if I, if I have a seven punch combination, you know, when I throw my first strike, you're a half a second behind me, mm. you know, or, you know, a second behind me or whatever. Then I throw the cross, then I throw the hook, then I, you know, come around. The more I, I throw, the further behind you fall reacting to me. Does mm-hmm. that kind of make sense? No, 100%, man. Like, uh, that actually so, helps. That actually helps because I think that's one of the things I'm not doing either. Is I'm, I'm I haven't thought of the fakes. I, I do flinches and stuff like that, but I don't. I, there isn't a jab for me, you know. So like what you're saying is like at least in terms of uh, jujitsu, it's just like maybe I go in for an uchimara, and instead of going for the uchimara, I go for the ankle pick. So like I go in, sell the uchimara, grab the ankle. You know. Um, yeah. I know that. Yeah. I've yet to I've I've yet to have it actually click in sparring. So like my stand up game is not the best. I know moves, right? You know, but I haven't gotten to the point where I'm I'm using my other tools to fake things. Like I haven't been able yeah. to like like for example like like what I'm saying right now is Uchimata with the ankle pick. You know, mm-hmm. I think you just deciphered what John said to me, and that makes sense to me now. Mm-hmm. You know, like being yeah. able to fake sell something like you're hey. saying. And the same thing holds true in jujitsu, right? So, like, uh, when was the last time that you threw up a triangle on a brown or a black belt and caught him with it? Mm. Um, not usually. It's part of a sequence. It's been a minute. Yeah, yeah, it's part of a sequence, right? So, yeah. like, you throw the triangle and you slap. You you go for the armbar right away. You go for the sweep also, right? Like, mm. you're going for five different things. And what I tell my guys is. I'm not selling, I'm not saying all of these. So let's say I have a, 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 a four sequence move in jujitsu, right? Let's say we have a triangle Americana within the triangle. You got a outside arm Kimura. You got a wrist lock, let's say, and you got a sweep. Okay. I tell my guys, I say, look, I'm not saying only, I'm not saying sell 10% of all of them, except for the one that you really want. I'm saying sell them all equally, mm. right? I cannot go into my triangle at 10% and 90% on my own bar because you as a smart fighter are going to recognize that 10% on a triangle is not a triangle, right? Yeah. If I go into a triangle at 10%, you're like, Rick, I don't even have to defend that dude. It's 10% the effort. Mm-hmm. So I tell my guys, the more, so if, if let's say you're selling a three combination move, right? Then you got to sell them at 33, 33, 33. But not only that, you have to be able to recognize which one your opponent fell behind on the most. Mm. 
So you throw away these three attacks. Usually you could say the first one he reacted to rather quickly. The second one, he fell a little bit more behind. And the third one, that's the one where I really got him with his pants down, right? You have to very quickly be, and it doesn't always work in that order, right? Because you might be able to go and then come back to number one to catch him behind even more, right? Mm. So you have to be able to recognize which one you really caught him with and then quickly be able to shift the majority of your resources from the other attacks back into this one. So mm. let's say you were going 33, 33, 33, right? And you caught him at, with the last one. That's the one that's really got him huffing and puffing. You need to be able to pull, say, out of the other 33, pull maybe 20 out of there, bring it to the last one, and 20 from the other one, leaving it at 13, 13, whatever I'm at, 53, right? Right. So now mm. we're at 13% uh, effort on this one, 13% effort on this one, and 53% effort on that one, which, you know, you're still at 99% effort. And the reason why I say leave a little juice behind the other ones is because they continue to make the last one tricky. If you totally jump ship on number one and two, now that person gets to come back to that final attack and devote 99% of his energy into defending that. Mm. But you got to leave a little bit something behind for the other two that will tell that guy, if you become too powerful for these, I still got the other two on standby. I still yeah. got them in the back burn. You know, so our ability to not only chain them together, but quickly be able to shift gears on the different attacks. You know, think of like cooking, you know, three meals or three parts to a dish on the stove at the same time. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes you're like, oh shit, that one got a little ahead. I got to lower the fire on that one. And this one's behind. I got to crank up the fire on that one. Like, but you still, you're making adjustments to all three of them. You're not jumping ship on the other two parts of the dish. Mm. I like That's that. been very helpful for me and, and the students. I like that, man. Cause it's like, it's like the other thing that I think the other part of this too, is it's like, there's a mental aspect of it. It's just like, fuck, this guy's got endless moves. It's like he just keeps hitting me. Oh well. shit! Now I'm back over here. I'm back to the you know the the first attack, and I'm getting you know he's just hitting me. I wonder what it's like when it's like black belt versus black belt, but I'm sure it's like when it's like a brown belt versus a a blue belt. You know, I'm sure for the blue belt, it's like crap. You know, I'm out of my league here. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I think back to uh, when Pedro used to row with us, and like be looking out the window. <laughs> I remember times like that. Like uh, you're fighting for your life and he's looking out the window to the people that are walking by. Yeah, he's know, bored. Or he's watching another match. <laughs> yeah. yeah you know, and, and, and I know you're picturing his his face mm. where he's just kind of like Yeah. Um <laughs> and and him and I never discussed his mindset at that time. Mm. I've been I've been spending a lot of time thinking about the psychology of fighting, right? Um, in my efforts to, I guess, become a better coach or a better athlete or, and uh, I spent a good amount of time at our gym talking about the psychology of fighting, right? Like mm. back to what you were saying, like, you know, you're, you're hitting this guy with everything. He's like, fuck, I, they just keep coming. Right. That's, there's an element of psychology there, right? Like you're trying to overwhelm your opponent. You're trying to get him to start doubting his ability. Mm. You're trying to get him to break down mentally. And, and I stopped back to the times that Pedro would do that. And, and, and I always remember thinking like, fuck, like I can't fuck with this guy. You know, he's, he's, he's watching the, the guys that are fighting right next to him. Like my match with him is not even entertaining enough for him to look at me. Like he's looking at the next match, you know, next door. Yeah. Uh, and, and that played I, and another thing that he was good at doing, which I've adopted unknowingly. I just, I, I always 
do it. Every time him, him and I would play stand-up game, when he would break my grips, he would break them and grin, you know, just kind of like, <laughs> like I can break your grips at will, dude. Like you don't stand yeah. a chance here, you know? Yeah. Uh, all of that plays a part in, in the development of your fight. Yeah. There's a book called um, A Fighter's Mind. Um, it was given to me by a friend. It's a, it's a good book, um, but it, it's basically what they do is uh, it's, it's, I want to say it's about 20 years old at this point. No, maybe, That's maybe right. 10, maybe 10, 15 years old, but you know, it, it was, it took, it had all these interviews with all these fighters or all these coaches and they went down the list of all these famous coaches during that time. Freddie Roach was on there. Um, I can't remember who else was on the list of, of people they interviewed, but I it's think a, I've read the book. I just looked up the cover. Yeah. It's got like, yeah, I the think I've read the book. Yeah. So, you know, the book. So then, yeah. So then like they, they talk a lot about the mentality of a fighter and stuff in that book. Uh, I was going to recommend it, but since you already read it, <laughs> I, I want to say I read it. Um, I, I recognize the cover. I feel like I've read it before. Yeah. But I, I'll look, I'll look at it again. Yeah. I, in fact, I should probably give it another read. That's interesting. So then, um, is that part of your game too, to mentally break somebody or is that just kind of a byproduct of the things that you do? Yeah. As I'm getting older and I'm feeling the the aches and pains and I've dealt with injuries and, you know, looking back at my training through the years and where I am today physically, um, I find myself looking more at the mental aspect of jujitsu and fighting. So yes, when I fight or when I spar with these younger guys at our gym or even at wrestling, a lot of times I'm like, ah, I don't have the gas tank. Even though my gas tank is pretty good, you know, like, you know, I got a, I got a 24 year old farm boy that like is in good shape, you know, then he spends six or eight months on the mats. And now all of a sudden, like now he can kind of, you know, slow me down, you know? So yeah. I look more at like, how do I get in his head? You know, and I'm always kind of visualizing or thinking back to some of the greatest in the sports, right? Muhammad Ali, he was fighting his opponents three months before the fight. Yeah. You know, he was doing it on the newspaper, on, on interviews, on, you know, he was always trying to get in people's heads, you know? So if we go back all the way back, you know, to Muhammad Ali, all the way forward to Conor McGregor, who probably also one of the best to ever do it. There's definitely an element to developing your, your athletes or your members, I like to think of our guys at the gym as our athletes, not our members. Mm. You know, I feel like a member is somebody that watches, you know, pays Netflix. And, you know, I, I'd like to think I'm, I'm offering something a little bit more valuable. Yeah. Uh, so I see them. I like to see them. Please. I, I think that's a, a more respectful title too. Cause like member says, is just like, Oh, you're just here paying stuff. I see you as a, as a commodity or as a, as a product, uh, athletes, athletes means I see you as a athlete. I see you as a person who's building, who's building a body and who's building skills yeah. with that body. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and another thing that it's helped me do as well is, is, uh, a lot, you know, tagging into or tagging onto what you're saying is it's, it, it's, a, it's allowed me to put myself aside and think only of their development. Hmm. You know, I tell my guys all the time, like, look, my goal here, one of the things that I always say is my goal here is to get you to be better than me in half the time that I achieved it in with half the injuries that I've, you know, gotten. If I can accomplish that, I think I've, I've done my job as a, as a coach. 
Mm. You know, so I'm, I'm not, I'm not above. Um, and I know, I know everybody says this. I'm not above an ass whooping, but like, I am not, I welcome with a smile the day one of my guys taps me and I congratulate on it. You know, I, I always say like, man, that was, you got me. Is there a couple of guys that do that to you every now and then, or is that not happening just yet? Uh, no, I, I, I just got tapped as early as two days ago. Mm. I got sloppy mm. with one of my purple belts. I got sloppy and, you know, I went for a, a heel hook and, you know, I kind of went into it just kind of like, huh? and he, he capitalized on a position, you know, yeah. not to take away from his execution. I, I'm not saying I got sloppy. Mm. His execution was absolutely beautiful. Mm. You know, and, and, uh, I, I've always tried to keep myself honest on like, if I get caught with something on what I would consider to be, and, and, and I say this loosely, what I would consider to be semi-flawless, flawless execution, right? So like there, there's flawless execution at the black belt level to me. And then there's flawless execution at the blue belt level. So if I say to a blue belt, like, man, that was perfect. That was absolutely beautiful. It doesn't mean that you, there isn't things that we can tweak. Mm -hmm. I'm just saying like at the level that you are at, you know, like that was absolutely beautiful. Like it was, it was, it gave me goosebumps to watch it. Yeah. That's awesome, dude. So, that, I like that you're making that distinction because there is a distinction, right? Like there, like a, a perfect quality technique from a blue belt will never be like a black belt who's had years of time and time on the mats to like work on that. But like the fact that that the prep, that person can get something so clean, it's because he's close to that. He's getting there, you know. So I like that you correct. that you're defining that because I've seen that too. I've seen people who are like good and maybe performed certain things really well for that level. And it's not, it's not patronizing. I'm not trying to patronize anybody. It's good. It's good. It's good stuff. And that that's just one of the qualities that maybe will take you to the next belt level. Yep. Exactly. But, yeah, but like, like, we're, we're on the right track. You we're know? on the right track. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So by seeing our guys as our athletes, like I said, it's allowed me the room to be able to, help them grow in that way, help them grow to the point that they could hopefully one day very soon be able to beat me. Mm -hmm. Um, and it had, it has also allowed me to look at myself as, like I said, beyond myself. Like it's, it's no longer about, about me getting my roles. I really appreciate walking around. I still get in there and get my hands dirty because I feel that it's necessary for your athletes to see you and say, yeah, you'll still get in there and bang. You know, mm. uh, he'll still get in there and, you know, if, if need be, you know, shut things down and whatever. But I take a lot more pride nowadays in being able to just walk around the mats and give input on exactly what went down, you know, be able to uh, kind of hover over and be like, oh, that's a good position. Grab here, grab there, put your foot here, you know, and it becomes even better. Mm. So like I walk around, I watch sessions. I also take it upon myself to pair up individuals, you know? So I'll say like, Hey, next round, you're going with such and such and such and such just based on their daily performance. Right. Because we all have days off. Mm -hmm. Like if I see guy a and guy D that are having a, a pretty spot on day and they're on their time and, and, and they're on everything, I'll be like, okay, they're feeling really good. Let's make sure they get a really good sparring session so they can walk out of here euphoric about it. Mm. You know, so I'll pair them up. And then I'll also say things like, Hey, you know, that was a good fix. Good, good job listening to me on the, uh, on the roll. Uh, when we're, when we're done, 
remind me to let's touch up on this thing. You know, so when we're done with class, we all sit down. I always say like, you know, if I understand if you got to go, you got family, kids, whatever, like you can go, but let's sit down and let's, let's chop it up a little bit. And you know, the, the guys that I mentioned it to, they'll say like, Oh yeah, you said remind you to touch up whatever, whatever. And then we'll go over that. And I'll say, well, you know, you know, this failed because of this and that and the other. And that you, because it's so fresh right there in the minds and up here, uh, it opens up a lot of questions from the other individuals. They'll be like, oh yeah. So when he did that, how come I couldn't do this? And then it kind of just snowballs a little bit. And I think it's really good for their development. 100% dude. Like, I don't, I don't know if your students really appreciate that. I don't know if anybody does until like way after the fact, but those are the moments that are super critical. Don't get me wrong. Everything else is, is important, right? Like showing up, training, doing all the moves that everybody else is doing in the room, blah, 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 building community, but also getting the practice and, and the relationship with your partners. All that stuff is great. All that, all, all that stuff is awesome. And being able to like learn in class, but this stuff, what you're talking about, this is, this is like the secret sauce right here, man. This is the point where someone looks at your technique and gives you personal advice that is beyond like those. That's what you should shoot for as a student. You want to get to the point where you're like, yes, he knows all his stuff. The teacher is, is noticing me, the student and is giving me personal advice for my development. Like if you want that as a student, if you want your, your, your coach to sit down and look at you personally and give you personal advice, you have to show up to class. And you have to do everything mm -hmm. that everybody else is doing and get to a point where you have the technique good enough. Like we're talking about blue belt level good so that when he sees you and he does what you're doing, being a good coach, he will come over to you and give you those little pointers because those little pointers are the pointers that are going to get you to the next belt. And uh, I don't, I, I'm, I want to point this out, not only for your students, but for anybody who takes jujitsu, this is what you want. You want your coach to come over and give you personal advice. And uh, the only other way you can get that advice is if you take a, a like a personal class, right? You, you take a personal right. session. Or film yourself and pay someone to dissect your train, which which a lot of athletes are doing now. Like, hey, send me your video and, I, and I'll give you, you know, my two cents. Oh, wow. Which is also... Uh, yeah, there's athletes now that are saying that, that uh, uh, along with their memberships, they'll say, like, if you pay X amount, you have access to my library and, you know, I'll give you a one hour one on one or, or like they'll do like I'll give you 30 minutes once a month, one on one where we sit down. You can send me some footage and we can sit here and chop it up about it, mm. which I think is phenomenal, you know. Mm. Uh, but yeah, like you said, like, why shouldn't you as a as a coach, why shouldn't be why shouldn't you be providing that? Yeah. Well, I mean, you know. you're, you're providing that that's wonderful, but I'm also saying like, like your coach will want to do that because you, if you're showing up to class and you're, and you're, you're learning the moves and you're doing everything that everybody else is in the class doing, and you're actually trying to do that in the roles, your coach is going to do what you're doing and he's going to come over and give you that extra piece to get you to the next level. Cause like, that's all, all that stuff, dude, that's every time I had a coach come up to me and give me that extra little piece, it's always like, Ooh, it's like a big giant light bulb that goes off in my head. I'm like, Holy shit. And it changes my technique, you know, because I mean, you're the subject matter expert, right? 
You're the man with yep. the black belt. You're the, the coach is going to come over and he's going to give you that extra piece. And if you're wondering why coach isn't, why isn't coach giving me that, that attention that he gave so-and-so or why, why is my technique not as good as so-and-so it's because you're not showing up and you're not getting some of right. this. You're not getting noticed. You're not getting noticed or you're, you're, learning, you're not leveling up. It's because you're not showing up enough. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with yeah. today a week guy. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, but if you, if you yeah. want to advance, it's about time on the mats. So yeah, that's, that's been very helpful for me as a coach. Another thing that's been very helpful for me is I've gotten rid of numbered amount of drills, hmm. right? Uh, so I don't say, Hey, you know, go, go, go work that 10 times. I don't say that or go, go get 10, 10 each, you know, mm. as you know, back in the day, this was pretty much the standard, right? Go do 10, bring it back in. Yeah. What if 10 isn't enough? What if you got nine fucked up <laughs> <laughs> and then number 10 is like, okay, I got it. Mm. Right. What if let's say me and your training partners, what if you got it already? What if on one, what if on number one, Edgar got it? Mm. Maybe because he's seen it before, drilled it before, learned it before. It's not his first time. You know, whatever the reason, what if on number one, you got it and you decide that Rick needs 19 and not 10. <laughs> and what if you as my training partner say, you know what, bro, I, I got the chance to drill this one this morning or yesterday when I was here and you weren't, or, you know, whatever the case is. And you can say, Rick, get after it, bro. Cause you got to catch up. Right. Mm -hmm. So what I do is I set up a timer, you know, so I'll say, Hey, uh, and it depends. Sometimes it can be a five minute timer. Some, sometimes we do 15 minute drills, you know? So I'll, I'll say, listen, break up, go with your partners. I'm going to set up a timer, 15 minutes. So you got plenty of time. Uh, drill it, start slow, cover your basis. And then as you progress, make it a little bit faster. You know, so that's one of the things start, start very slow, pay attention. Why is my foot here? Why is my hand here? Why is do it very, 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 almost like you're explaining it. Mm -hmm. And then you can start to speed it up as things begin to make more sense. And then when you start to speed it up, you can start to tell your partner, Hey, give me 20% resistance. Hey, give me 30% resistance. Hey, give me 50% of resistance and so on. And, uh, I think that's also going to be, uh, very helpful rather than just focusing on like, Hey, go, go hurry up and get 10 and get back over here. Cause I got more shit for you. Yeah. Now we're putting more focus on like the proper skill set development. And then, you know, when they bring it in after the timer goes off, I'll say, Hey, how are we looking? You know? So if I have a group of guys that say like, yeah, no, I'm struggling. I'll say, all right, cool. You know what, what I'm about to show you can put it in the Rolodex, but don't worry about it too much if you forget. Mm -hmm. So I'll say, all right, to everybody else, this is where we are. Boom, 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 boom. Add this thing to it. Go. Yeah. And then I'll go and sit down with the guys that fell behind a little bit. Mm -hmm. And I try to clean up or, you know, figure out what went wrong. And uh, if they get it, you know, try to catch them up with everybody else. And if they don't, then, then they stay where they are. I try to divide it that way so that no one feels left behind. Mm -hmm. And those that did fall behind are now getting one-on-one -on -one with me to try to get them caught up again. You know, I also have to find that balance of like, you know, the, and, and I've had, you know, many a times when I have to remind people like, Hey, listen, like if you're falling behind because you're not paying attention when I'm explaining, then you don't deserve my one-on-one. -on -one. Mm, yes. Like don't come over here and be looking out the window <laughs> and then go off to the side and be yeah. like, Hey Rick, we need some help. Because now you're taking my attention away from the guys that were paying attention that deserve that one-on-one. -on -one. Now I got to pay my attention. I got to give my attention to you 
because you were not paying attention when you should have been. Yeah. So I also got to have to, I have to find that balance as well. I have to ask, man, cause I'll see something. And if it's like newish or something like I'm, um, I'm not great with like some of the inverted crab ride stuff, you know, and I'll see it. I'll understand it. I have no problem doing a few of those moves, but every time they show me something just a little new or a little different, fucks me all up and I'll sit there and I'll watch, I'll watch the coach. I'll watch closely. I'm a purple. I'm not a dummy. I, I've seen this stuff before. I know how it works, but I'll see the coach do it. I'm like, I'll go do it, try to do it. And I'm like, fuck, I already forgot half the shit. You know, does that piss you off? Does this is like what, you know, as a coach, does it like, why, why is this, why are these guys so slow sometimes? Or, um, sometimes I get, sometimes I get, um, so, sometimes I'm like, Oh, you fucking assholes. Like, but then I, I also, I also, I also try to reel myself back quickly. Like, okay, but you've been doing this for a minute, Rick, like yeah. you nerd out on this shit. Like I can sit yeah. down and watch three hours of this shit on you. Like, yeah. but what I do is I tell, uh, I'll, I'll read the room and I'll say, look guys, what I'm about to show it it probably won't fit your game, your game, your game. I already know you. So I know it won't fit your game. Like I'll point it out. I'll say this uh, inverting stuff is not for you. You weigh 350 pounds. Like this not for you, buddy. <laughs> but I always say, I always say, I said, I said, I say, number one, the beauty about jujitsu. One of the reasons why I love jujitsu is because jujitsu is ever evolving. Mm. I can take a month off of jujitsu and jump online and find something that I'm like, Oh shit. Like there's a variation that I haven't seen. Right. Mm. A variation, not technique. Right. Uh, emphasis on that because two minutes ago I said at purple, you've just about seen it all. Yeah. What we don't see is variations. Right? Variations. Yes. Um, so I'll say, I'll say to the crew, I'll say, look, I'm not saying that you have to become an ace at this thing, but you do have to understand it. You have to understand the setup, the position, the control, where it's going, where it could lead. You need to understand it because you need to at least be able to not only shut it down, but capitalize on the little holes that it has. Mm. Right. So I don't expect, you know, Johnny boy, 380 pounds to be inverting like his, you know, Joao. Uh, <laughs> but I do expect you to understand the position so that you can see when it's being baited for an entry. Mm. So, yeah, I'm very welcoming to like, I'll tell guys like, look, man, if it doesn't fit, you know, cause usually I'll show like, uh, I never show singular techniques. Right. I always show sequences. I always show at least three or four variations. So I'll say, Hey, look, you can get into this thing this way, this way, or that way. Then I say, go, I don't care how you figure it out. As long as you get there, you know, cause that's one of the beautiful things about jujitsu, you know? And back in the day, we didn't have those freedoms. What do you mean? Back in the day, we had to do them as instructed. Oh <laughs> yeah. You know? And now I just say like, however you grab, I don't care. Just get there. Mm, okay. If I told you to grab like this and you grab like this and it just makes more sense to you for whatever physical attributes you have, right? Yeah. Who am I to tell you that doesn't work? Yeah, we, we did have a stickler for an instructor who was very, very keen on, on keeping the technique as, as true to form as it was taught to him. But I, I think yeah. I think we're also at a different place in jujitsu now. I mean, we're talking about oh, big time, dude. Yeah. We're talking about 15 years ago, you know? Uh absolutely this this is this is now jujitsu has evolved so much it's still very very different than it was 15 years ago hell it was it's 
probably different than it was five years ago. So like, uh, you're going to have to, I, I, I agree with you. You, to a certain extent, you're going to have to be open to whatever nuance may come in, even on the training mats. Yeah. One of the big, big aha moments for me in regards to that and to like little variations and stuff was Michelle. And I don't know if you were still around when Michelle came to our gym, Michelle Dominique. Uh, and, I th- uh, is I think I know it's the girl. Is it the girl who had like the hand turned around a little bit different? Correct. Yeah. Correct. Correct. Yeah. She was born with like, I don't know, for lack of better, you know, an inverted hand. So her mm. hand was like this, but this guy was facing that way. Yeah. Um, and she had a killer de la Hiva. <laughs> Really? Yeah. I mean, if you think about it, what do we learn about de la Hiva? You grab the ankle on the outside. Yeah. Or her hand was backwards. So if you, if you grab the lahiba, right, you got a bunch of white belts and you say, how do you, how do you slip that de lahiba grip? You turn and you kick the soccer ball, right? Yeah. Or you turn and you kick away, right? Because they're grabbing your ankle from the outside. Well, she's grabbing your ankle from the inside because her hand is inverted. So kicking the soccer ball no longer works. Holy crap. Right. Dude. The- and so I start to look at that. I start to look at that. I'm like, wait a second. What if I grab my de lahiba this way? Uh-huh. Cause I don't have to have an inverted hand. All I got to do is just grab my Delahiva from the inside. Like what changes does it bring to my Delahiva game? And this was years ago, you know, but I've, uh-huh. I've always like analyzed position. I was like, okay, cool. So like, I, I just saw this X person show this technique this way. And, and I, like I, I say to my guys at, at the gym all the time, like, look, no one is beyond input. Like when we, when we huddle back up in the middle mm-hmm. and I say, Hey, I, did anyone see something that aided them? in their position, mm. you know, and every now and then you got a guy that says, well, yeah, I noticed that if I grab here, it kind of made it easier for me. Mm. And I'll be like, okay, well show us. And then, and he might, again, he might be a white belt of three months. Yeah. He might be more seasoned. He might be a purple belt. Like I, I always, I, I always say there is room for improvement, no matter who it's coming from, you know? So I'll look at the white belt and I'll say, oh, so you grab there. And like, I'll try it myself. And I'll be like, yeah, I can see how that could work. For me, it won't because I've already been doing it this way for, you know, so chances are the, the synopsis are just going to fire to, to, for me to acquire the grip in the way that I drilled it a million times, mm-hmm. but I'll, I'll look around and I'll say, Hey, try that. And if it works for you, the way it worked for him, dude, you know, it's, kudos. it's, uh, it's, it's awesome to hear you echo some of the things that I've heard from other black belts. I mean, again, there's some instructors who will be like, what do you know? You know, they'll just like just mm-hmm. shove you across and just be like, you know, I'm the instructor here. Mm-hmm. It's refreshing to hear you say that. Cause it seems like you're, you're not alone in this John and other black belts that I've had on have echoed the same thing. This is like, what you're saying is beautiful. Like everybody in the room has a chance to kind of input like, like how you said it, it sounds wonderful, man. Uh, of course, within reason, like, you know, if, if someone comes up with some kind of silly thing, you, everybody takes a chuckle and then, then we move on. But, but otherwise, like if you have something super valid, it's great that a student not only has that opportunity to give you that input, but also, uh, but yeah, all I was saying was just like, it, it must be a great feeling for the student to be able to say, Hey, I, I, I think I found something. And then not only that he finds something, but that you're willing to listen. Yeah. 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 I, I think it's another yeah, mark of a good I coach. Think, yeah. Tr- treating your athletes. So treating your athletes like dummies or like they have no input, they, they could have, they could possibly have no input in, 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 in this conversation we're having mm-hmm. treating them that way to like them 
I, I believe that it leads to them not exploring mm. their development, right? When we explore our development, we find things because we're exploring. We learn new things about ourselves, our abilities or shortcomings. When you treat an athlete like, look, you don't know what you're talking about. You can only rely on me. That's the type of fighter you're creating. You're creating a blind fighter. You're not creating a fighter that that can internalize things, dissect them and come to conclusions on his own. And I think some coaches do that to out of fear to lose their following, mm. you know, but I, I firmly believe in being able to create individuals that can be that can think for themselves, you know, yeah. and then maybe they turn around and they become another mentor whether it be within my walls or their walls in their own gym. Yeah. But, uh, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm big on not to be confused with, Hey, give everybody a trophy, but I'm big on positive reinforcement, man. Like I, I walk around the mats a lot and I'm like, man, that was, that was nice. That was beautiful. You yeah. know, like, or, or I'll turn it into a joke and be like, damn, John, you got, you got got homie. Like you fell asleep on homeboy, you know, like you just got caught with your pants. Now you gotta wake up, dude. You know, I, you know, making them feel like, okay, I, I am learning something. Mm. I think it's good. Yeah, no, it it's is. Good. It's, it's good for everyone. And dude, like, uh, you have no idea, man. You might have, you have, you might have like a 15 year old kid in there or 16 year old kid and all he wants all he needs is an adult to say, Hey man, what you did there. That's awesome. You yeah. know, there, there, there are kids out there who crave that shit, dude. And so you're like, you're doing, you're doing, you're doing something wonderful there, man. Just being yeah. an instructor, being in, uh, being someone to, to be looked up to. That's, that's important. Cause we need, we need good people doing that, man. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you never know where that person is going to go either. Right. Mm hmm. Like I said, they, they might be the next mentor. They might, they might be the next world champion. Yeah. Or maybe, maybe he, maybe not, maybe he's, but he grows up and, you know, he has a regular job and everything, but he's going to have kids and yeah. you basically to a certain extent, man, showing him what a man looks like. Right. And so then yeah. he's going to carry that and he's going to show the next kid. This is what, this is what a man looks like, or this is what like a responsible adult looks like, you know, whether you're a man or a woman, yeah. you know, this is what a, person who has their shit together looks like, you know? Yeah. One of the things that I always visualize as a coach and a mentor, mm. I always, I don't know why ego, I don't know, or I don't know, but I always say to myself, like, I know that I've been a good influence influence in his life or her life when I get an invitation to their wedding. Oh, dude. You know? So like I, you know, I, I have kids now that have been with me for three years. And, uh, you know, they started at, you know, nine or 14 years old and now they're 17 or, you know, they're like they're becoming men or you know, young women. Mm -hmm. Look at that. And I'm, and I'm always like, it'll be nice if I get an invitation to your wedding. Like it'll, it'll mean a lot to me because it, it will tell me that, you know, in your you know list of people. Yeah. Again, it could be the ego, but that, that, to me, that kind of mentality keeps me so that I'm always only looking out for their best interests. Hmm. So that's what you have in the back of your head so that you make sure you, you keep the persona you need to have to, to coach these people and, and make sure that you do a good job. 
Yeah. Mm. That's that's yeah. pretty cool, man. I like where your head's at, man. I like that. Uh, I think uh, personally, you know, uh, uh, there's there's reasons why people don't want to see their parents, right? Mm-hmm. And they do a lot to like they over criticize or they they do a they do something that just irks you, and it gets to the point where people don't want to see their parents anymore. Um, and to and and again, I am alluding to the fact that you're sort of a you know a father figure role model, right? That's what you're doing with the mentorship that you're doing there. You want to cultivate that that good standing and so i think even as parents you know we we lose that and the last thing you want to do is not you know make it so that your kids don't want to come home on sunday you know that would suck yeah you know yeah i I tell my wife all the time man it's just like hey you know like um you know i'm not gonna mess i'm not gonna mess this up I'm not going to cheat on you. I'm not going to fuck up the money. I'm not going to kill anybody. So you're not going to have to worry about me going to jail. I'm going to do everything right. Let's just run the ship right. So that, you know, yeah. we have Christmas when, and our grandchildren yeah. can come to our house and, and, and be here and not have some like fucked up arrangement where we ruined everything and nobody has a, a place to call home, you know? Yeah. So like, Cause that's what everybody yeah. says on Christmas. Like I want to go home for Christmas. I'm going to go home for Christmas. My parents are going to have Turkey or whatever. Or tamales in my with, case. With our own with our own kids here at home, one of the things that's always on my mind is what am I doing right now that is gonna make it so that you don't bring my grandkids to me over the weekend? What am I doing, dad, that's gonna make you grow up and mm-hmm. leave home? I wouldn't I would never leave my dad with my kids ever. Like, you know, and, and I think that's another good way to keep myself on if I'm being a good parent or a good father. Yeah. Like, I, I wanna enjoy my grandkids, you know. Yeah, me too, man. It, it would I mean, uh, like my dad, my dad did all kinds of stuff. He missed, he messed it up. My mom didn't do a good job either. They, they just were fighting like little dorks all the time. Now they have a divorce. There's no place to go home. There's no, you know, Thanksgiving and Christmas is everywhere. My, my sister has her Christmas. My, my brother has his Christmas. I have my Christmas. It's all separated. Nobody, nobody comes together and, and yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah, it does. So anyway, I do have two more questions. Uh, One of which uh, I wanted to ask, how do you handle the spaz? These are the questions I like to ask everyone because everybody seems to have a different answer. But uh, well, how do you handle a spaz? A guy who comes in, maybe new, maybe not. Maybe he's been around for a little bit, but he's like, you know, typically I like to think of them as wrestlers, but they can be any kind of person. But they come in, they're aggressive. They, they, they don't know how to pull back. Uh, sometimes uh, they're, they're unwilling. They're not the jerks, right? They're not intentionally being an asshole, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. But they're just a little, they just need to chill the fuck out a little bit. How do you take care of these guys? I wear them out. <laughs> <laughs> I wear them out. Um, I, uh, I'll just be like, okay, cool. You know, uh, mm. I'm just going to weather the storm. Mm. I, I do seven minute rounds in my gym. Oh, nice. And in the summertime, I do 10 minute rounds. What? Um, if you, so if they are not seasoned for seven or 10 minute rounds, yeah, not seasoned at jujitsu for seven or 10 minute rounds, <clears throat> it's hard to survive that length of time. Uh-huh. Um, so I, I know that you're playing within my rules. Right, you're you're playing within my rule set, so I know that I'm going to win. 
Mm. If, if we were, if it were wrestling, it, we'd be having a different conversation. Our gym, my time, right? Like, so I, I will not try to match them pound for pound because again, I'm, I'm, I guess I'm weaker now than I was 15 years ago, mm. which I can feel it. And, and that's another mental battle that I'm fighting, you know, on my own of like, having to come to terms with the fact that I'm weaker and more injured and I got to be more careful and cautious about certain things. Uh, I refuse. I'm not going to say I refuse. I choose not to engage in the, in the spazziness or pound for pound. I'm going to match you. Mm. I'll just ride that train. I'll survive. I'll survive. When I see their mentality start to waver, that's when I come up and I turn it up. Nice. Because you've been coming at me a hundred miles an hour for the last four minutes. And I've just been <laughs> fighting that way. I'm not, I'm not tired. Yeah. You know, when I see it start to break away mentally, that's when I'm like, okay, my turn to sweep, mm. my turn to pass. I, I love passing on my feet. I, I, I took a lot of pages out of Hoffa Mendes and Guy Mendes's guard passing game style. Mm. Um, so when I come up and I start moving fast, you know, then they really start to break away. I'll usually end up the round mounted, having isolated their arm, their arms all the way up here, and just kind of watching them huff and puff into a slow death. And I usually just kind of let the clock wind down there, and you know, then I'll just you know kind of give me, hey, add a boy, and then I'll give my pointers right away. I'll say, look, you know, you were trying to move too quick. You know, I, another thing that I say a lot in, at our gym is, as a fighter, you have to be able to play within the rule set. If you do not understand the advantages and disadvantages of the rule set, you are not capitalizing on the on the on the game, right? Mm. Um, I don't understand football, but you know there's tricks, you know, that they play within the rules, taking a knee or you know running out of bounds or you know whatever else they do to kind of wind down the clock a little bit. You see it in jujitsu, you see it in wrestling, right? You see it in all fighting styles. You got to play, you got to circumvent the rules to your advantage mm. so that you can get the up hand. So I, I tell my guys all the time, I say, if we're fighting a 10 minute match um, and you're trying to finish me, finish me off in two, it better be because you're that much better than me. Right. Yeah. But if, if not, I tell my guys, I say it's, it's the barbecue approach. Cook them slow. Nice. You know, if you got a seven minute round, you got seven minutes to pick them apart. Yeah. You got seven minutes to, to throw everything and the kitchen sink at them, overwhelm him, get in his mind and then finish him off. Hmm. Right. Which is what you see with, with the top level guys, right? Gordon Ryan is exceptionally good at doing that. He just, you know, just drains your tank. That's my approach there. Just cook them low and slow. I like it. I never, you know, I, yeah. I'll do that even in, in rolling, but I never thought about handling that with a spazzy guy. Cause sometimes they, you know, they go, they're, they're crazy, man. Some of them will come at you. They don't mean to, but they'll poke you in the eye, kick you in the crotch, you know, fucking all kinds of shit. And so you're like, part of that weathering the storm part of it is also like protecting yourself from their spazziness. Yeah. You know, yeah, and, and something that I don't do is, is a shit on their game plan. Mm. I don't shit on their game. plan. Mm. You know, I, I always tell my guys, I say, look, it makes perfect sense that you're coming at me with a sledgehammer. <laughs> it's the only tool you possess. Yeah. I don't have any other tools. Yeah. You don't have any finesse tool. I say, so I expect you to use that sledgehammer until you realize that swinging that sledgehammer is leading to your demise. <clears throat> and then willingly, you will put the sledgehammer down and you will pick up a chisel. Mm. Or or you know, a different tool. I never thought of it that way. 
Yeah. Have you ever heard the saying, when you're a hammer, everything? No. When, when all you have in life is a hammer, everything looks like a nail. That's right. right. Have you heard that? Yes, sir. Uh, I apply that to jujitsu. So you, you got a new guy that just walked in. And, and here's the thing from the business aspect of things, I got to reel you in. I cannot break your spirit and expect you to sign a membership and pay me every month mm. with a smile. Right? I need to be very careful with that dynamic, mm. especially as these generations, these younger generations are wired a little bit differently. You know, back in the day, we went and got an ass whooping and we walked out of there with a smile. And we're like, yep, can't wait to go back. Yeah. You know, now it's, you know, it's, uh, the dynamics have changed, right? Mm. New generations come wired differently and you got to learn how to deal with that. But I'll tell the guys, I'll say, look, I understand that all you want to do is beat me with that sledgehammer. It's the only tool. The only, and, and I said the sledgehammer because usually those new guys, they, all they have is their strength. They don't understand position. They don't understand how to capitalize on something that they, they just, they, all they know is I'm strong. I must break this guy. Yeah. You know, so I tell them, yeah, keep using that tool. And eventually you'll realize that it's not working. Yeah. But by then you have been coming here enough to have already hopefully picked up a few tools. And I always tell them, look, that strength is not fading anytime soon. You're 23 years old. You're 24. You're 19. You're, you know, 28. Like you can, you can shelf that tool for a year and then come back to it and, and, and be just as strong, mm -hmm. you know, but imagine how awesome you will be. I always tell my guys, shelf that sledgehammer. Pick up a few other tools, become well-versed at those. And then when you pick up that sledgehammer, now you have that strength with the technique. Holy shit. Right? Yeah. So, dude, is that all you got at your gym? A bunch of young guys? <clears throat> no, we have some older guys. Um, we have, I, I, I want to say the oldest guy at my gym right now is 47 years old. Mm. Um, but how many but older yeah. How many older guys do you have, though? Or how many, how many younger guys versus older guys do you have? <clears throat> we are most of our guys are in their 20s wow yeah dude that is that is f dude that's gonna yeah. that's hard that's gonna be a, that's a hard job you got going on there you got to keep up with all those it's hard for me dude <laughs> just like a bunch of young guys you got a bunch yeah. of savages there and, and and the way that it works out with my schedule right now i go i wrestle with the high schoolers mm -hmm. from four until six. Wow. And I head straight to my gym. I, I leave at about 545, 550. Uh -huh. I head straight to the gym for a six o'clock jujitsu class. So I roll with a bunch of high schoolers and then I got to go roll with a bunch of 20 year olds or not 20. Uh, the majority of them are in their, in their mid to late twenties. So between 25 and 29. <laughs> that's, that's fucking savagery, man. That's that's yeah. crazy. Yeah. And you're and you're rolling with these guys. Yeah. Dude. That's why you that's why you're so thin, man. This is like all that rolling. I don't Yeah. That's fucking phenomenal, bro. I don't know how yeah. I I mean, I my hat's off to you. I don't know how you're going to do that. Um Well, remember 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 I I did say that I I'm, I'm I'm making it a point to roll less. Okay. Right? Um on the wrestling side, I do it every day. Just because for me, it's imperative that the wrestling team as a whole, even though I'm, I'm coaching the girls, I, I want the entire team to, I, I want to earn their respect. Mm -hmm. You know, I want them to be able to say, yeah, you know what? He gets in here, he grinds. Sometimes he wins, sometimes he loses, but we respect his input. You know, I, mm -hmm. I, I, I don't, okay, that's it. I'll leave it at that. 
Uh, I like to earn my stripes being in the trenches. Mm. I've been wrestling every day, um, but on the jujitsu side, I'm, I'm, I'm getting more and more picky on who I roll with and how many times or how often I roll because my focus now is in developing them. Yeah. So I still get in there and grind, but I'm not doing every single round, you know? So if we do, if we do seven or eight rounds in, uh, per night, I might do two or three of them, you know, and not every night, you yeah. know, some nights I focus entirely on, on the, on the athletes. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm getting in there, but I'm not putting in the, the, the hard work that they're putting in. Mm. So then, but I mean, that's because you also got wrestling practice in the middle of the day. Um, or earlier, I should say, does it change when you're out of wrestling season? Do you just, do you then go more wrestling, uh, more jujitsu? You, you're able to roll more often or is this still kind of like the. Yeah. So in the summer, in the summertime, I train harder, mm -hmm. uh, not just my, but everyone, uh, because it's, it's kind of the, the peak of competition for jujitsu. Mm -hmm. uh, some when you get a lot of the tournaments happening, I kick it up a few notches in the summertime for myself as well. Uh, this coming summer, I am thinking about running. So I am currently trying to transition out of construction so that I can be 100% dedicated to the gym. Mm -hmm. And my plan for this summer is to run more classes, including a wrestling program throughout the summer. That's awesome. So, uh, the answer is yes and no. Um, you know, it, it's, it's going to be changing here pretty soon where I'm, I'm going to be hopefully running more classes and, and I'm going to have a lot of wrestlers on the mats, which is going to be phenomenal for jujitsu athletes development. Dude, that's awesome. I also love the fact that, uh, girls wrestling is blowing up and, uh, it's becoming more and more of a thing. So it's good to hear that that's actually happening, that there's so much happening in Kentucky for, for that kind of stuff too. Cause, um, I love it. One of the reasons I'm interested in it is cause I'm trying to get my daughter into wrestling as well. She already does jujitsu and she's pretty comfortable with jujitsu, but you know, one of the reasons I want that for her is so that she can go to college, maybe, hopefully, maybe on a wrestling scholarship. Um, I think you and I may have talked about this before, but uh, mm -hmm. that's that's something I kind of been talking to her about. Uh, she has complained about uh, hating takedowns because she gets sprawled on. And I was like, we just got to work on it. We got to work on the technique. But I'm sorry, you, you were you were going to say something. Um, I love. I love training girls mm. or women or, you know, I love training females. And the reason why is because I, I think there is a huge hole in, 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 in jujitsu. I'm going to speak more specifically about jujitsu. Uh, there, there's a big hole in the jujitsu community about women in the sport, <clears throat> you know, coming up, uh, we saw, women come and go because either they weren't welcomed or there wasn't enough of presence and they were always getting smashed by, you know, by men, by the, you know, larger counterparts. Mm -hmm. I, I, you know, women have always been the underdog and I, and I've always, always enjoyed training women because of that, you know, because I felt that they they, they were always unwelcomed. So I really enjoy it. Obviously I have, you know, I have two daughters now and, you know, broke and, but it, in wrestling, I see it too, where first of all, training a, a man and training a woman in jujitsu or wrestling or any other sport is, is very different. 
Mm. And this is where I think coaches fall short. They fail to recognize the the differences between coaching a, a man and a woman. And it's something that I think that because of my interest in training women, I, I think I've kind of sort of figured out some of the differences and and, and how to uh, bridge the gap a little bit. And, and you know, I've, I've had, I think, a good amount of success in wrestling with the girls because of, of my experience training with women, um, you know, as, from bodybuilding to jujitsu to wrestling. I've been able to kind of figure out the psyche of a woman uh, when it comes to a fighting sport. So I enjoy it. And, you know, obviously one of the big things that's been very helpful for me has been my time training with my own daughter, you know, and, and having to deal with her literally 24 seven from the moment she wakes up to the moment she goes to bed, how she's feeling throughout the day. Like mm-hmm. th- th- there's, there's just such nuances to training a woman. And like I said, you know, some of the coaches fall behind because they want to coach the whole, but training a woman is totally different. So then I have to ask, man, cause I gave, I have a daughter. I want to know, mm-hmm. I, I want to know something like, can you, can you share some of what you found in terms of what's the difference between uh, a man and a woman? In terms none, of of training? Rock, none of it is rocket science. None of it is rocket science. I think it's more, uh, I think it's more about approaching your athletes as if they were your own kids. Simple as that, right? How mm. you talk to your son versus how you talk to your daughter, mm. right? So for example, if you think back on wrestling or maybe if you even have some old school wrestling competitions or whatever, the, the kid takes a beating, walks off the mat and his coach is down his fucking throat. Mm. Maybe even smacks him in the head or pushes him off the mat or says, get the fuck out of here, right? Like, mm. I'm sure you've seen somewhere at some point in your life or even online, right? Yeah. Where the code with that boy's like, you fucking idiot, get the fuck off my mats. Take that headgear off. You don't even deserve to be wearing headgear, right? Like, yeah, it, it's this very, you cannot do that with a girl. Girls are slightly more emotional creatures. So if my girl takes a beating on the mats and as soon as she jumps off, I, I say, you're a fucking idiot. Mm. I've just lost a girl. You know, girls internalize things. Girls get in their heads. Right. Girls start to uh, doubt their ability. And, and again, they're very emotional creatures. And so the way that I deal with a losing male versus a losing female is totally different. Yeah. You can call it sex. You can call it what? OK, yeah, sure. We can go down that road. But listen, man, it, it's it's again, how do you talk to your son versus how you talk to your daughter? Yeah. No, you know, I, and, and completely one, different, man. I treat him completely different. Yeah. I talk, I, you know, I call my, I call my son, hey, you, you, you butt scratcher, you, you know, this, you that, you, you dork, and he'll come right back at me. He's like, oh, you, you, you're, you're a butt scratcher, you giant monkey, and blah blah blah. He'll say all kinds of stupid stuff to me, you know. But yeah. that's me, and my son, my daughter. Oh, my little buttercup, my little, you know, like yeah. baby, whatever. And, and like completely different. Not to say that I baby our girls. Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't, but here, here's one of the major things that I do. If a boy loses, when he gets off the mat, I can have the conversation with him right there and then. Yeah. Right. Um, uh, psychologically, uh, we are, uh, problem fixers as males, right? We, we have this mechanical mindset. If this didn't work, one, two, three, four, five, six, fix. Got it. Women again, are not that, stupid in their thinking. <laughs> right? 
They want to understand why the stars didn't align. Mm-hmm. We as boys don't care for any of that stuff, right? Yeah. So one of the things that I have found success with is, again, boy takes a loss. As soon as he gets off the mat, I can dissect it right there and then. And I might even be able to say, hey, get your head out of your ass. You know how to do this, right? Yeah. Like, got caught with this thing? Come on, really? What the fuck were you thinking, dude? Yeah. And I know that they're all taking it like, okay, cool. Got it. Got it. Got it. Uh, with my girls, I let them go. You know, they come in, check in with me. I'll give them a hug and I'll say, Hey, you know, go collect yourself. Come ready to have a conversation. And that works. You know, I let them go collect themselves, be emotional, cry. Maybe if they need to talk to mom, give mom a hug, you know, get comforted. Then they come back to me and then I'll say, Hey, Why'd you get caught with that? Are you out of your fucking mind? Get your head out of your ass. You know, like yeah. I need to give that second. Mm. I need to give them five minutes, ten, sometimes 30 minutes, you know, with Anaya, uh, right after a tournament, if she takes a loss, um, as soon as we jump in the truck, I'll say, Hey, you want to talk about this right now or tomorrow? Mm. And she always says, we'll talk about it tomorrow. Wow. You know, so she. So she's giving me insight. She's telling me wh- what's going to work for her. So why wouldn't I listen to a woman's advice on how to deal with her? Hmm. You know, women don't want to chop it up. Or they don't want to chop it up right now. They are too busy in their emotions. Hmm. You know, so if you need 30 minutes, I'll give you 30 minutes. What I will not give you is I don't want to talk about it. Hmm. that. I won't give you. But if you say give me until tomorrow. All right. And then tomorrow morning when we wake up, I say, hey, as soon as you're ready, it can be before breakfast. It can be after breakfast. We can chop it up, but we need to get to the bottom of what happened. And we'll watch the video and we'll dissect it and we go over the techniques, position, you know, and 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 that's it, you know. And and, and come Monday, she gets on the mats and I see the pixels already being put into play. Yeah. So it works. You know? So you got to be more calm. Dude, I love this. I never even thought about this, man. This is awesome. Like this would be good, a good practice just in general, not in, not only for jujitsu, but for other, for other situations when you have to deal with either a women or maybe even people just like, Hey, we need to talk about this. Are you ready to talk about this right now? I love that. That's fucking yeah. great insight. Did you come up with that on your own? How did you, how did you do, uh, come to this conclusion? Like, how did you f- find this? Um, just, uh, initially at the wrestling tournaments, you know, me trying to chop it up right there and then, Mm-hmm. And seeing that it only uh, equated to her spiraling further down. Because w- when you grab you, when you grab an athlete and you say, all right, listen, I know you just took this loss. And now I'm going to break it down. Mm-hmm. And make you feel even more stupid for falling for this. Because when you're coaching, you're like, dude, you grabbed over here. If you would have grabbed here, oh my God, we'd be having a different conversation. Like you're you're telling them how stupid they were and not doing this thing that you've been drilling. Mm. Do an individual that's already beating himself up or herself up over this thing. You know, so like you're you're kicking the man while he's down, yeah. as, as we say. You gotta let him pick himself up a little bit. And then be like, all right, dude, you, you know how we drill this? Like you grab here, you don't grab there because it opens you up for this thing, you know? Um, so me trying to chop it up with the girls right away, you know, and, and, and seeing how it was spiraling them down even further. I was like, wait, so this can't be it. Mm. The way to, to go about it. So then I started asking her, like, Hey, when do you, you want to do this right now? And she'd be like, no, be like, okay, cool. Cause guess what? In one hour, she has to get back on the mats. Yeah. You know, in wrestling, they 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 go to a tournament for 14 hours. They'll fight five or six times or four times, you know. So you got to be really careful how you reel that athlete back in, 
and give them the criticism in a way that is going to be constructive. Because you're about to say some harsh things. Yeah. Right. You're not sitting down to talk about how beautiful their technique was. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, I agree. And, but like, especially in the situation that you're describing where they're in a tournament and they're, they're hitting like uh match after match after match, like you may not even have that kind of time. Like, so in your situation where let's say she takes a loss or she gets, uh, she did something really poorly and you want to correct it. Do you even have the opportunity to correct it on that during that time frame, Or do you just leave it for the you've next day? About, you've got about 40 minutes before they have to fight again. Mm-hmm. You got about 40 minutes. The rule or the law is, I think it's 40 minutes between matches. Okay. So that's how, that's how long you got to build them back up. And are you able to, like, are you able to address the things that you needed to address or do you just leave it alone? Um, it, it depends on the level of fuck up, right? If it's something that was totally beyond there, like that, that was just light years ahead of you, then you just, you just focus on their strength. Mm-hmm. You know, if it's something like, oh, you got caught snoozing, you left, you left your foot behind, they picked it up or, you know, whatever, or they tripped you or whatever. Like you can be like, Hey, you're, you know, I noticed that when you're backing up, you're, you're leaving your feet behind. You're not being, you're not being quicker on your feet or whatever you, or you're coming up too much when they snap you down or, you know, little fixes like that. You can, you know, sometimes you can correct them and mm-hmm. the bigger stuff, you just kind of, you just, again, you got to build on their strengths. Gotcha. You, know, you don't want to go to your fighter and say, oh, God, this fucking guy is fucking years ahead of you. Like, <laughs> yeah. Maybe this position, you'll, you'll stuff it a little bit. Yeah. So that's one aspect. And another aspect is your girls go on their periods. Yep. Simply put. Yep. And they're not affected just for the one day or two or three. They could be affected for a week before they start their period. You know, they're going through hormonal changes, you know, as, as far back as a week before they start their period. Yeah. And, you know, maybe a week after their period. So you're dealing with now a different athlete, you know, maybe their attitude is worse. Maybe they feel down. Mm-hmm. Maybe they feel grumpy. Maybe, you know, they woke up heavy. That's another one. Like that you know, one sucks of your, for wrestling too. One of your male fighters wakes up heavy. You shit down his throat mm-hmm. until he loses weight. A girl wakes up three pounds heavy because she's on her period. You can't shut down her throat. Mm-mm. No, you, you know? can't. Because it's not their fault. It's not something they did. It's just something that happens. You know, dude. I've had instances where Anaya went to bed a pound light. You know, so say you know, uh, say one thirty eight is the cutoff, mm. and she goes to bed six and a half or one thirty seven, and wakes up fucking one forty one. The fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Like what the fuck just happened? And she, yeah. I just thought, God, you know, and and there ain't no I'll jump on, hop on the bike real quick. No, like you're on your period, dude. Yeah. So what does the sanctioning so, do about that kind of stuff? Like that? That I mean, do they give you a pound allowance or anything? Uh, over your period, no. Tournaments <laughs> have allowances, mm-hmm. but not because of your period. That just it comes with it's part of the baggage. Oh, dude, man. So, so you know, uh, with a guy, mm-hmm. you can have a guy be three ounces under or six ounces under, and you're, you're, you're like, we're good. Mm-hmm. If you go to bed three ounces light, you're probably going to wake up three ounces light. Yeah. At the very with least. With a girl? Right. With mm-hmm. a girl, it, 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 dude, it's a, it's, a, it's a toss. It's a toss-up. 
Oh, dude, I didn't even think about that kind of crap. Um, there's, there's other things that happen too. Like during that, during that time, they're a little dehydrated. They're more prone to injury. Yeah. There's, there's, there's so much going on. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'm touching up on the, on the, on the bigger picture stuff, the, the stuff that just about anyone will be able to peer and be like, Oh yeah, that makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of other things going on, you know? Yeah. And, um, if, if we as coaches put a little bit more emphasis into coaching women correctly, we'll see. I, I mean, wrestling is already the fastest growing college sport in the country. Damn, str- damn straight. With that said, I think that as a parent, if you have a daughter that is somewhat physical and can kind of handle herself, you know, I think that it, it is a great avenue to explore as far as maybe being able to get your college paid for or partially paid for, you know, and and that's one of the things with my daughter, you know, like I'm not asking you to go become an Olympian, but you, you kind of seem to have a knack for this thing. Like you, mm-hmm. you're pretty good, you know? So if we can get a college to say, Hey, you know, here's whatever, a thousand dollars, $5,000 or, mm-hmm. you know, towards your tuition, why not? Yeah. So Doesn't that make you, you a proud parent, papa, man? Aren't you proud, man? Oh, yeah. I, I, I am. I don't think there's a word that can express how I feel mm. because, you know, she, she loves to wrestle. She loves being healthy. She loves, and not just physically, but also mentally healthy. Like it, it's, it's everything that I have always, it's, it's the way that I have always lived my life. Mm-hmm. So to see her up in it, 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 it's a good feeling. Yeah. Not, not that I wouldn't be proud if she didn't want nothing to do with it and just wanted to be a lawyer or a dentist or whatever. But you know, when, when your kids pick up after your own habits, it's, mm-hmm. you know, I tell Brooke all the time, like, Hey, you know, like those kids that are awesome skateboarders at the age of three and a half, like I'm sure those parents feel a lot prouder. Yeah. And, and, you know, not things on a scale, but like, you're like, yeah, like, this is our thing. We share this thing, you know? Mm-hmm. And of course I also romanticize the idea of like me being old and, and my daughter just kind of saying, you know what? I'll take over the gym. That'd be awesome. But who knows? Maybe I want to burn it down or, you know, whatever. <laughs> hey, there's but, nothing, there's know? nothing in the rules that don't say that she can't be a lawyer or a doctor and a jujitsu instructor. Absolutely. Absolutely. But yeah. you know, for me, I'm always thinking about legacy, you know? So I think about like, Oh, it'll be, it'll be cool when my kids can take over the gym, you know? Mm. Banker legacy, I guess. That that'd be badass, man. Maybe yeah. a few gyms, maybe not just one. That would be nice. Yeah. So but one have... is the only. <laughs> we live in a, in in a smaller town, you know, with population nineteen thousand, I think, or twenty mm-hmm. or twenty five thousand, something like that. Uh, it, it's it's taken a little bit longer to grow it, but I'm happy with the growth mm-hmm. and and being in such close proximity to Lexington and other bigger cities, like. I know it's going to happen, you know, but yeah, right now my only, I, an opportunity that kind of present itself to, for me to open up a second location. Uh, but I turned it down. I just, I, I didn't think, I don't think that it's the right time for me to try to open up a second location. I, I really want to cement myself in the area, in the community as like this gym is here to stay, mm. you know, uh, before I start thinking about a second location or, so somebody somebody offered you a second location uh more or less yeah hmm. more or less somebody offered to uh bankroll the 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 second location 
What? That's badass. It, it, it was a good feeling. But again, I, I want to make sure that my gym or, or, or location one is, is and before I start splitting my energy between two locations and two membership sets or athlete sets, you mm-hmm. know, because I can only be in one gym at one time. So while I'm one, who's at the other? Yeah. So it's about bandwidth. Well, yes, but also uh, selling a good product, right? Mm. Who's going to sell my product location number two when I'm not there? Yeah. You know, I, I, I do not want to water down our lineage. Mainly that's what it, what it is. It's, it's wanting to, wanting to keep what I believe to be good quality, good instruction, good relationships, wanting to keep that across the board. Yeah. I would also uh, believe that you probably are concerned, not concerned, but like uh, more interested in developing your daughter than you are uh, uh, starting the second business. Like uh, if I were in your shoes, that would be my concentration too. I would be more worried about my kids and getting them to a point where they can probably take off on their own uh, before I I spring off onto another location and and split my focus. True. Yeah. Yeah. It's also true. Cool. I have um, one last question before we go. Um, I know we've been on here for a while. I think a couple hours now. Uh, do, yeah. do you, um, who do you study uh, on your own? Are you studying anybody specifically or are you just kind of concentrating on the, on the wrestling? I know you mentioned that you don't study people individually, that you have that, uh, that you have this guy less impressed, but is there anybody else that you like looking at? Uh, no, I do study people individually. Um, when I get put on the spot, dude, I don't remember anybody's name. <laughs> it's okay. I don't uh, either. I'm horrible with names. Yeah. So um, a lot of wrestling, a lot of wrestling as of late. Um, I enjoy uh, Mika. Mm-hmm. I think uh, of the newer generation, I would, I would say he is by far my favorite athlete in jiu-jitsu. Um, the athleticism, I mean, his, his, his mad IQ is through the roof, man. The kid just sees it all, you know, and capitalizes on it. So I like Mika Galval. Um, I watch him quite a bit. Also, the kid is super active, so it's kind of hard to miss him, right? Every time you open mm. up Facebook or YouTube, there's something new on Mika Galval. How old is that kid so now? I, He's I, like I, in his 20s, right? He's 21? 21, I believe. Yeah, he, he didn't he become the youngest ADCC winner in history at the age of 20 or 21, something like that. Jesus Christ, I did not know that. Yeah. So him, um that that kid uh less impressed. What was it again? Uh less impressed, more involved. Mm-hmm. A phenomenal break. I like um I like watching um the giraffe. The giraffe. Who's that? Giraffe. Uh, the giraffe. Yeah. I'm yeah. horrible. I'm horrible too. Giraffe. I'm gonna have to look this guy up. Uh Ing Rita. What what's his name? He's, huh? What was his name again? H A I S A M R I D A. Hasim Rita. Okay. You got him? Yeah, I got him. 
I haven't heard of this one. Uh, who? Uh, what do you like about this guy? Um, the guy's like six seven, <laughs> but he moves like a lightweight. Huh. His speed is unreal. How much does he His weigh? Speed is unreal. Is he like? Is he like a two hundred and fifty pound? Is he heavyweight or is he like a? Or is he like some kind of freak that's like one sixty? No, no. I want to say he's probably like two ten or two twenty. Okay. He's, uh, a, he's a fucking he's jacked. jacked. He's jacked. Let's see. I'm trying to find him. Um. So I like to watch him. He he really fun uh, matches. Let's see what his weight is. 208 pounds. Wow. So he's actually not that big. Yeah. For being as tall as he is. He's a tall guy, man. Um, I like to watch. I, I'm a big fan of Dante Leon. Hmm. I think he's kind of. I don't know if he's a bear dog or. Um, or, or they're just bigger names out there that are better at marketing themselves. Mm-hmm. Dr. Leon is a, is a phenomenal jujitsu competitor. And uh, what do you call it? Uh, like good for the sport. You know, people that are humble and like they don't engage in the shit talking, like I, I'm a big fan of those kind of athletes. Mm. You know, so your shit talk all that I'm 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 always gonna be like, eh, pass on that guy. But yeah, that's those are the people that I watch the most. I, I would probably emphasize that I that I like to watch Mika quite a bit. I'm still a fan of Bruno Malfacine, you know, but these are guys that are, you know, more running their own enterprise at this point than they are competing. And yeah, once again, I, I, I dude, I'm like the algorithm for my YouTube and Facebook is no longer dominated by, by jujitsu. Like now, every time I open it up is, is something wrestling, Iowa state wrestling camp or, you know, pan or, you know, whoever it is. And I'm spending a lot of time watching that stuff. Huh? Yeah. I've, uh, the, it's funny. You, you mentioned the stream. Mine's is all jujitsu wrestling and just combat sports in general. Every now and then I'll see something about art. And of course there's always some chick dancing. There's always some chick dancing. It's just like, it's like, I don't even, I don't understand this. It's always, it's always the chick with yeah, I don't the, know how that one happened. Yeah, I don't, I, I swear. I'm not, I'm not looking for it. They just feed it to me, man. But um, yep. it's just like every single time, it's just like, there's always something, you know, cause just like you get all kinds of weird stuff. Like, Oh, here's a bunch of, uh, uh, here's a bunch of string of videos put together of people having accidents, you know, getting car crashes and stuff. God forbid you look at that yep. for 10 seconds, you know, and then you get flooded though. And then you get flooded. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, dude, um, what about you? Who are, who are you watching? Who am I watching? Wow. That's a good question. So recently I was looking at, um, I watch I watch the guys who are doing a little more of the MMA. So I've been watching somebody turned me on to Duplessis. Uh, I don't know if you know he's a UFC guy. I believe he's a French Canadian cat. This guy recently, <laughs> recently this guy he uh, he was in a tournament 
I don't, I don't, maybe not recently, but he was in this like five man tournament and they made a big fuss about this guy because he took out five guys by himself. I saw that. Yeah. I saw. Yeah. And, and I was like, yeah, and I, I, I have well, no idea who the guy was. Okay. So here, since you saw that, what is your opinion? Cause I have opinions about it and mostly that not so much that this guy is great. It's just that the other guys dropped the ball. Do you have the same kind of um, impression or no? So back to that will to win, right? Mm -hmm. Like um, UFC fighters are also pretty good at that. Right. But what like, was the, the opposition, was their level the same or close to it? No, it wasn't. Mm. <laughs> it was not. But when when I saw the, the highlights and stuff, I was like, who the hell is this? I, I don't watch the UFC anymore. Yeah. I, I just, you know, being up until midnight to watch a main card event, like it it is way past my bedtime. <laughs> you know. <laughs> but uh yeah. there's so much going on. Like people guys at the gym will come up to me and be like, Did you see this guy? And I'm like, who? Yeah. You know. There's so many names to keep track of, right? I mean, just so many, but like, at least with this Duplessis guy, like you're saying, like I felt I was watching it and everybody made a big fuss of it. I watched that and I was like, uh, sure. He's good. You know, but I felt like the other guys just dropped the ball. Like they made mistakes they shouldn't have made. And the will to win, I think is a good point because there's a lot of guys who just kind of like laid on their back and were too, um, they were just too complacent to being on their back. I'm like, you guys need to get the fuck off your back with this guy. You can't let this guy be on top of you. And, and guy after guy, after guy, they went straight to the back. There was one or two who tried to take the, the mount or tried to get the, on top, but it felt like they ended up on their back and that's where they, they stayed. And I was just like, ah, two things before it slips. Maragali. That's Maragali. Okay. Nicola, just to me. Um, in regards to what you just said, dude, one of the things that I hate the most on the mats is playing it safe. And that's what's going on with some of those matches. You know, like, and, and I tell my guys all the time, like, dude, don't play it safe. Have fun. You know, like, if I get caught with like a crazy, like, like on a scramble, or like a, you create this crazy scramble and you get caught with something like it excites me. I'm like, yep, that was beautiful. You know, mm -hmm. uh, when people play it safe in, in our sessions, I, I am always like, I always point it out right away. You know, they'll be like, hey, what'd you think? I'll be like, it was cool. You know, like you played it safe, you know, and <laughs> usually people get by that, you know, like, uh, you know, and then I'll give them an example. I like, I, I'll get into their butterfly guard uh -huh. and I'll be like, all right, let's spar. Let's do one minute of like, let's seriously spar. And I'll get into the butterfly guard and I'll just, I'll just kind of cement myself. Won't advance. I won't get swept. I won't like. I, I'll just kind of hold that position, you know. Mm. And uh, then I'll be like, "See, like, it wasn't fun, right? Like, I just kind of brought the game to a stalemate, and stalemates are not fun. Nobody enjoys a stalemate, you know. So I always tell them, like, I can put it all on the line. Who, who are we here to impress? No one. Yeah, you know that that technique that we just learned or that we've been drilling for the last month, like throw it out there. They're like, well, but you're not going to fall for it. I'm like, so what? Yeah. So what if you, what if you land it? 
you know. Um, so yeah, one that's one of my pet peeves, people playing it safe on the mats. And, you know, with those matches, that that was some of what I think was going on. People just kind of being like, oh, I need to I need to play some very smart here. So um I think one of uh i i got that once somebody somebody told me we rolled this is brown belt and i was having a hard time because he was he was younger and in better shape than me and he was doing a good job of like kicking my ass and so i ended up just kind of uh, laying and praying and this guy he, yeah after we rolled <laughs> after we rolled uh i forgot what he said to me i, I it wasn't like i was asking for input but, uh, you know, we had a little chat afterwards and it was like, he basically commented on me being boring. He's like, sure, you got boring jujitsu. And I'm like, well, fuck <laughs> I was like, well, fuck you, you know? <laughs> and, and I was like, I was like, oh shit. And so now I make it a point not to be boring. At least if I'm going to suck, I'm going to, I'm going to go out in a blaze of glory and, and not, not be boring you know but that that one i i'm i'm talking about it right now man it caught me deep man you know like boring jujitsu i was like oh fucker like i was just you know and i was playing it safe i was he wasn't wrong you know yeah it just sucked that it was me you know like but uh, I, I am, there is somebody I wanted to mention that I am studying right now. Uh, the guy, his name is Satoishi Ishii. And he, what he, he's got a video right now on, on BJJ uh, fanatics. Um, I had to look him up. I, I don't have these names in my head. Um, but, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. but this guy, he's, he, I'm breaking down and I'm going through this video, this set of videos of his, because it's, it's uh, no gi jujitsu, no, no gi judo is what he's teaching. And so I, yeah. you know, there's some, there's some things there, you know, there's some things that I obviously already know, but then there's plenty of nice little nuances that he teaches that I'm really liking and like just different ways to like, for example, hit an Uchimata, you know, like yeah. different grips for it, different ways to hit it. And it's, uh, it's, it's stuff that I'm trying to implement. And that's what I'm studying right now. I'm studying more of the standing, but like, um, there's, uh, Cause I am concerned. It's, it's a subject that I've been working on for a little bit only because I feel that my jujitsu especially hasn't been something that I've connected together with my wrestling. And so, um, it's, it's something I've been working on a lot lately. So I've been doing a lot of, I follow that guy. I follow the, uh, teach me wrestling or no teach me grappling guy. I forget his name. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I watch him. Yeah, yeah. I like that guy a lot. Um, who else do I follow? trying to think of who else I follow. I mean, obviously the big names like Gordon Ryan and fucking Misumichi. Um, there's yeah. a, I don't know. If, like, I don't know if I would hang up on you if I try to go through my phone here, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, no, I think you should uh, be fine. Okay. So let's see. There's a guy on Instagram. Let me see if I can pull it up real quick. There is a lot of people that I follow and study. I, I just, again, with me being, so bad with names like but th there's there's definitely athletes that are for sure worth mentioning there's a guy on instagram dude he throws out these videos one beautifully put videos but also just uh good techniques advanced techniques some flashy stuff um but i enjoy watching him quite a bit 
Uh, of course, I got to find them. And, and I'm not, oh, my Instagram got shut down. Damn it. Yeah, I'm not going to be able to find it. I got shut, dude. Social media stuff kicks my ass. I we we got somebody kept hacking into our Instagram and Facebook for for a period of time. We lost all of our social media stuff. But like people were putting like hardcore porn links. <laughs> Fucking assholes, <laughs> dude. And and they shut us down. Oh. And it is. That, that's one thing that like, you know, as we get more into this AI stuff, like it's things are going to become very black and white, you know, where you're not going to be able to sit down with a human being. And, you know, because like I remember we did the whole like if you want to regain, like you got to do a um, uh, appeal process, et cetera, et cetera. And, but you never got a chance to talk to a human being to be like, come on, look at our page. Like, clearly this was a hack. Like you cannot, you know. But because you never get that opportunity to speak to a human being to be like, oh, yeah, that, that does make sense. Like, it's all just computerized stuff in there. We, we were never able to recover any of our stuff. So all of our videos, pictures, the page, the you know, all of that is just that that sucks. Once when I guess it's never really your page, if they decide to snatch it away from you, like everything mm -hmm. goes, with you. you know, your memories, you know. So that sucked. But. You know, so we started to open up their page, new pages and start a new following. And it just that part of, of social media presence and uh, marketing really sucks. You know, that it, sucks, it's never dude. really have control over it. That fucking sucks, but, dude. That fucking sucks. Yeah. Dude. So then like yep. uh, you had to build all that up again. Did you lose followers? Did you lose people in the process? So, yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. you know, we're, we're able to reach out to the members and the parents and the community people and stuff. But like, you know, the, all of this stuff is 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 a lot of your presence is built on how long you've been around, you know, and, and how much content you created and, you know, all this stuff. So like once that's gone and you start again, you might have the same followers, but the algorithm is starting from zero again. Yeah. You know, so you lose you lose the opportunity to be put out in front of other possible new viewers yeah plus like the whole social media marketing thing it's like you got to be generating shit every fucking day every fucking that day that I, am, I am super disciplined when it comes to my training and like developing and learning and watching more videos but dude but like social media presence it, it kicks my ass yeah it kicks my ass. especially with it post multiple times a day seven days a week it's like wait what yeah you know i got shit to do i got a family i got you know um but i guess that's just the way things are going and better get with the times Bye. yeah well i mean the other the other way you can like make up for that for that difference is you can go ahead and like put advertising money into it but now you're putting advertising money and shit you know where where Honestly, this is I, i've done that mm -hmm. we've done that and it's not it's not the same. My my experience, no. My experience, the best advertisement you can do right now is absolutely free, which is social media. Mm -hmm. We've paid thousands and thousands of dollars to marketing businesses to like do the marketing for us. That I, I believe that that kind of marketing, yeah. mm. 
very few people, very few people care about your Google rating and do you pop up on the first page or on the first 10 or on the first five? Like most traffic is being directed through social media platforms. Holy crap. That's interesting. So like I've been, I've, I don't know if you noticed, but I've, uh, I've coupled with the gym I'm at living our jujitsu and uh, I've been generating some of their social media marketing. I've also been doing other social media stuff with other teams, with other people. And yeah. uh, we'll collaborate on these things. So I'll put out a video and I'll send a collaboration uh, invitation to them. And they get to see the insights of what's happening with the video. So they can see how many people are seeing it, liking it, et cetera. Um, you know, it hasn't really done too much for me in terms of like giving me new followers, but you know, my coach has told me, um, yeah, I get people all the time coming, you know, not, you know, there's other avenues, there's other ways that he gets more traffic, but he's getting traffic from people through the, through the Instagram account because of those videos. And, uh, I put, I try to put out a couple of videos a week for the gym and, uh, and whatever my other, um, uh, contracts, I guess my other clients ask for, but like, uh, in terms of like my personal, like Instagram growth doesn't do much for me. It might do something for them. I think, um, at least it's, it's getting more attention for them. Yeah. But, but yeah, dude, it's, uh, uh, it's, it's a grind. You gotta, you gotta make something every freaking day. And I don't have that kind of time, man. I, I mean, I much rather be doing the podcast and be at the gym than anything else. And, and my kids, of course, my kids and my family, like if I could yeah, just do yeah, those yeah. three things, I'd be happy. But like the fact that I have to kind of constantly post to Instagram, um, yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure how worth my time that is. I'm not, uh, it's, I mean, it, it's doing stuff. It's growing but very slowly, you know, at least for me. Uh, I think if I were to like, think about a strategy, I probably try to kind of go back to YouTube a little more, but creating video is really difficult uh, for, for yeah. a long form podcast, you know? Yeah. So um, it's not difficult. It's just a lot of work. I'm also trying to learn Photoshop. Mm. That holy shit, the learning curve there. Yeah. But uh, we recently, um, and I know we we got to wrap things up here, but maybe this could be a we're we're, we're opening. A, and I know you and I sat down years ago about mm -hmm. this, but launching a clothing brand. Nice. This is kind of a how do I get out of construction and still, you know, make a little bit of money here and there. So we, we've recently been embarking on this journey of buying a shit ton of equipment, embroidery machines and printing machines. And so we're getting into the, into the, uh, we, we want to do the clothing line, which Brooke has always wanted to do because as you know, she studied uh, fashion design. Nice. Uh, but we're also getting into the, you know, t-shirt king and embroidery, you know, possibly getting into like making our own belts or making, uh, a jiu-jitsu belt and jiu-jitsu gear or t-shirts and stuff like that. So hopefully the community, um, you know, uh, accepts us with open arms, uh, in that regard. That's, that's my, uh, that's my, uh, 
get out of construction, construction, I mean, construction is a, is a physical beating. Mm. So to go from construction to wrestling to jujitsu, like I was falling apart quick. So this is our, this is Brooks at getting me out of construction by doing, you know, taking the clothing thing a little bit more seriously and, you know, really putting my mouths, our money, our mouths Dude. So that's not barking on. Dude, that's badass. I saw that, by the way. Uh, are you guys anywhere uh, ready? Are you guys ready to like start uh, making stuff or are you guys still building the business? In the in the print department, we're ready. Mm -hmm. uh, in the department, we're still uh, we're still doing a lot of the education stuff, and you know, really, we just we just had our embroidery machines delivered to us maybe a month ago, so we're we're still playing with them, you know, learning and taking the classes and everything. But on the print department, yeah, we're ready. So you're ready for t-shirts? Yeah, we've we've been I've been negotiating right now. I'm actually in the process of negotiating three different contracts with different individuals. Nice. You heard it here now. Freaking uh, fifth element printing. Come in, come and yep. get your t-shirts. Yeah. So I, as far as our clothing brand, that was going to be a little bit longer because we want to, you know, we want to produce good quality designs. Mm -hmm. But that one is, I believe, well, no, not I believe, the, the, it's fifth element worldwide clothing company. Nice. Or the few for the, for the hustle print side of the business. It's like busy B print company or something like that. We just kept, you know, our original construction business logo and everything. Uh, and again, that's going to be more focused on like, Oh, we got a baseball team that needs t-shirts or, you know, whatever. But also, like I said, hopefully we can get involved with some of the gyms around here and do some products for them. Dude, this badass. Well, man, I wish you a lot of success in your printing business. Thanks, and, sir. uh, yeah. And, and, uh, congratulations again on the black belt. I know I haven't talked to you since before you got your black belt. I mean, the last time I talked to you was before you got your black belt. That was, that was, uh, I don't know. Uh, when did I get my black belt in 21? I think okay. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. Okay. That was, so uh, that was all we'll have Daniel down here. And, and a lot of the guys we came up with Sam Bond, Travis, you know, um, that was awesome. That was an awesome experience, dude. Man, that's awesome. Well, did you get your black belt yet? Nah, dude. I'm still purple belt. That purple belt is falling apart too, huh? You got your brown belt at some point. Nah, I've been a purple belt for a long time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's uh, it, it's. But you're enjoying the journey. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, I, I got my kids. I got my kids going now. We, it, I was bouncing around a few schools too. So now I'm at a good place. I've been there. I've been at this place for about a year and a half. So, I mean, I don't think I'm too far away, but that's not, that's, that's not for me to judge. I'll, I'll let yeah. my coach do that, you know, but, but yeah, yeah. Everybody. Yeah. Everybody's passed me up pretty hard. <laughs> I mean, I started with Al. I started with Alan Sam, like my first, my first day, I think it was their first, first week or first month or something. So yeah, those guys are already black belts. It's been a while. Yeah. I just got his first stripe or second stripe. First stripe, mm. right? I, I'm not sure, but that sounds about right. Got, you know. Wow. 
That's awesome, awesome. dude. All right, man. Well, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna wrap this up. Yeah. Uh, thanks so much, Rick, for coming on, man. Dude, thank you for sharing your knowledge, and uh, I'm so so happy for you and and your school, all the businesses you're starting, and your family and your daughter, like you know, kicking ass in wrestling, dude. That's so fucking badass, bro. She's got state championship this come next not not tomorrow, but next Saturday. So that's gonna be. Woo. She's ranked number two in the state right now. That's badass, bro. Your daughter's number two in the state, dude. That means that only one other person's better than her. For now, for now, for now. For now. Hopefully, we can, hopefully, we can change that to number one, dude. How yeah. badass that is! Fuck, that's badass, yeah. dude. Yeah, and I got front row seats to it, man. I, I, <laughs> I am in a good place in life. Good for you, man. All right. Well, this is Edgar Altraves with my special guest, co-owner of Fifth Element Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu out in Winchester, Kentucky. Kentucky. Why, why, why am I having such a hard time with Winchester? Rick Bentoncourt. Thank you so much, brother. Thanks, brother. We'll keep in touch. Right. We'll do. Peace out. Ladies. The music you're listening to is titled Higher Berries by Umi. You can find that over at Epidemic Sound. Now, if you've been listening to us for a while, you know that I love Epidemic Sound. They provide the dopest royalty-free music for a monthly price, and it's truly affordable. If you're a content creator like myself, you're always looking for something to punch up that content, and music is one of those options. So if you're looking for hip-hop, reggaeton, future bass, any kind of electronic music, uh, country, they have it all. So make sure you check out Epidemic Sound, and when you do, make sure you use my referral link in the description. Another brand I want to bring up is Titan Fitness. Titan Fitness provides fitness equipment for your budget. Now, if you're looking to outfit your home gym or if you have a commercial gym, Titan Fitness has the equipment for you. So please check them out. Truly believe in their products. And when you do go check them out, make sure you use my referral link in the description. Rick is super insightful and I learned a lot from this discussion. I hope you as the listener learned something as well. I think that piece that he shared where he's like, he's not going to jump on someone right away after losing a match, waiting for them to be ready to process the information you're about to give them. I think that's that's huge. I'm going to take that and I'm going to put that in the back pocket and make sure that I use that, man, because that is, the whole thing is gold to me, but that one, that particular piece is, is huge because how many times have you seen something that go a certain way and then you want to give that feedback right away, but that person may not be ready for you to listen to that feedback. I think that's huge. I love it. Anyway, so if you want to find Rick and his wonderful school out in Winchester, Kentucky, you can go to his website, fifthelementbjj.com. Or if you want to cyberstock him on Instagram, you can find him under the name Fifth Element BJJ. He's also on Facebook. I'll make sure to put all those wonderful links in the description. And if you want to follow me, Edgar Otraves, you can go to Instagram and look me up under the name Edgar Otraves, or you can follow the show on Instagram under the name The Floral. And if you're curious about the show just in general, make sure you check out our website, thefloralpodcast.com. And if you're digging the show, do us a solid and like, subscribe, comment, and share wherever you listen to podcasts and press all the buttons that make the podcast gods happy. Thank you so much for listening. This is Diego Otra Vez. We will catch you next time. Behave yourselves. Laters. Laters.